uh, doing well as well. Yes, me too. Hi, everyone. Uh, can you hear me well? Yeah. Am I too loud like last time? <laughs> no, this time you're, you're actually sounding much, much better. It's sounding perfect. All right. Okay. Uh, I, I got a new new um, mic. That's $5,000 microphone, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a $5 microphone? <laughs> anyway. No, just a phone microphone. Awesome. Amazing. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, let's see who else will... Let's give a few more minutes. Uh, people will be joining. Okay. Vignesh, I'm not sure if you want to be uh, talking or not today, but feel free to ask for microphone access. Um, I'm still trying to get... Where's, where's uh, Aniko? I'm not sure. I hope Aniko will, will contribute and speak. <clears throat> today um <laughs> next polygon all right we have uh invite us a speaker uh jefferson mr jefferson profile looks interesting um all right um pum, pum, pum. i definitely realized that we you know Next time we'll do probably a better, uh, again, organization in terms of who's going to be speaking. But um, again, this is experimental, so I don't have any high expectations. Uh, yeah, just let's have fun. All right. Um, yeah, NFT Gaga, since you've been um, you know, pretty active and uh, you actually reached out to me before the start with like, you know, questions about the structure. So um, yeah, let's, let's do it. Can you like maybe introduce yourself and share your experience so far managing communities or participating in communities? Uh, well, um, managing communities, I, I wouldn't say that I have a lot of experience. I'm just starting in the space as well. Um, I'm at the moment, I'm a moderator in two projects. So, uh, I am a moderator at, um, crypto tech women project that I am super passionate about. <laughs> and I, I'm loving, uh, you know, our community and everything about the project and I'm just also starting uh, as a mod at We Impact uh, Project. It's also a new project. So, yeah, I'm a moderator in two projects and looking into learning about uh, community management and just growing in this space. Super happy about it. Awesome. So how long have you been you know, trying to get into the space and trying to uh, you know, mod those communities? Um, I would say like a month, something, something a little bit like, uh, one month or like, yeah, uh, like one month, not very long, but I have been interested about, uh, the whole, uh, uh NFT space, uh, for like since summer, uh, last year, uh, and little by little I've been learning and trying to, uh, kind of shift from like the web two space into the web three space, and I have been learning and do learning as I go and trying you know to improve as I go. Awesome. Um, mm. Would you say what were like the learnings so far that you were like interesting situations as a mod uh, that you kind of participated in and you had to like take action as a as a mod. Taking action as a mod, I mean, I, uh, I'm i kind of, uh, they're like a four or five of us and we have different time zones. So I kind of try to adapt myself to everyone. Like I am, uh, my time zone is CET. So 
I kind of know some people live in Canada and I'm like, okay, he, they are not available. So I have to be more like active in the group, like welcoming people. And then if there's, there's somebody uh, not acting, like kind of acting out in the group, I have to be like, you know, take care of that. And just in general, just be aware of the things that's happening uh, in the group while like, let's say like, some part of the moderators, um, some members of the um, um, moderator group are like, you know, sleeping or like not available. So I have to be aware of that. And I try to adapt myself to everyone uh, like, because we are in, in this together and we are, all of us are passionate about the project. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, cool. And we, yeah, thanks so much for the intro. Uh, and uh, yeah. we have a few more guests join us today. Um, Aniki, Anikudu. <laughs> I'm not sure whether I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Uh, but yeah, please introduce yourself. Can you hear me? Yeah, it's a bit hard to hear you, though. Hello, everyone. Well, the, the, the mic is, uh, we cannot hear you. <laughs> Can you please maybe like try to make sure that your mic is closer to you and it's like maybe a good mi wired mic? Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Can you hear me now? Uh, a little bit better. Okay, hello everyone. Hey. Yeah, basically my name is Anikudi. Um, I've been into the space for about a while now. I actually started out um, as a crypto trader, then advanced into being an ambassador for various projects, I think over 10 projects so far. Then started out also recently as a community moderator stroke manager for some projects currently four different projects at the moment and also looking forward to learn and share experiences with others here on this chat um, space today. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, for yeah, uh, thanks for joining, for participating. Yes, like you mentioned, the, the I think one of the good questions that uh, you've raised is uh, kind of the difference between community manager and community moderator. What would you say the main difference is? Yeah, the main difference for me um, is um, community moderator, actually, your task is to actually um, moderate activities on a chat platform, um, be it Discord or Telegram. Whereas a community manager, you are in charge of all the social media or channels of the project, and you handle the Twitter, the uh, Discord, the uh, Telegram, and to some extent, sometimes the community managers uh, oversee the activities of the community moderators. But these days we see them um, being misused in the space because some projects actually call them moderators, community managers, and, and vice versa. So um, actually people tend to forget the differences between them. Interesting. That's, that, that's a pretty good point. But uh, I feel what you've described as a, as a community manager, I think used to be, or maybe even still called like a social media manager. But I guess the lines are getting increasingly blurred these days. Yeah. Would you say there was like a huge overlap between like what a community manager does in your definition and what um, what a social media manager does or like what are the differences? What's the overlap? Yeah, no much overlap per se, but um, the community manager actually uh, is pretty much similar to the social media manager. The only difference that uh, the social media manager does activities and that the online activities while the community manager extends to offline hosting offline events and all that. So I think it's pretty much similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if, if any of the speakers have uh, points of view, so they just feel free to unmute yourself and, and just give comments. 
Uh, cool. Uh, thanks for the uh, thanks for this comparison and for the for the raising this point as well. I think it's important for people to understand uh, that there are like differences between kind of responsibilities in these two roles. Yeah, we also have uh, Jefferson with us today. Uh, please introduce yourself. I mean, your your bio says that you've been with Sendwire and with Polygon. Uh, sounds like big titles. Um, yeah. uh, what, what was your experience with these uh, with these organizations? Yeah, definitely. Um, hi, guys. Uh, my name is Jefferson. Um, I previously worked as the head of documentation over at Polygon. Um, these days, I work as the senior developer relations engineer over at Sendwire. And, you know, um, a lot of what uh, I also, perhaps even dearest to my heart, also um, hold the helm and manage what happens over at the Africans in Web3 Engineering talent community and what that is what we are really is a group of 700 800 engineers growth market good marketers product people you know front-end engineers solidity engineers you know just out in africa just doing some pretty amazing work up in here you know so yeah so that's pretty much um, what I'm, I'm on about these days yeah cool have you have you done any have you done any community management community moderation so far yeah definitely definitely i mean um, like I mentioned already, a lot of what we do over the um, Afghan Web3 engineering talent community is obviously community. <laughs> and it's really at the point where, um, and what, what we are really excited about, you know, with what happens over there is, you know, the fact that there are a lot of engineers that are, a lot of brilliant, brilliant engineers over in Web2. And I mean, these people have the technical competence, but they do not quite understand the fundamental leanings that, that underpin what happens in Web3, you know. And so what we try to do is to get, you know, um, get training, learning resources, create a community of people that are willing, willing to learn together. And, you know, just a lot, of, a lot of stuff around, you know, guiding a community from people that have probably never seen the Bitcoin white paper, you know, to people that are very much interested in the engineering, in the engineering behind a lot of the speculation that happens on some of these projects. So, yeah, a lot of, also over at Sendwire, I also, of course, as can be imagined, uh, my primary work with the community at Sendwire is to ensure that developers have the best possible experience using our APIs, you know, integrating with our APIs, building on our APIs, you know, and all of that good stuff. So really exciting work um, with these communities and moderating and administering them. Yeah. Amazing. Um, cool. Yeah, I think I have like one of the... Questions for pretty much everyone here who had some experience with everyone with the, with the speaker uh, with, with the mic access is uh, I, I think like every now and then everyone faces some sort of like difficult situation in uh, managing their either Telegram or Discord and um, you know or maybe like some subtle situations where like someone is spamming or spam, someone's being uh, you know like, uh, negative all the time. So I just wonder what are the kind of are some tips and tricks that you guys seen uh, and that worked when kind of you know dealing with the situations like that. Um, anyone anyone has anything to say about that or share some experiences? Yeah, I'm handling a feud per se in a community, especially on Telegram. Um, number one, you have to be um, keep your calm and make sure you don't exchange words with the um, person. You try as much as possible first to explain from your own project perspective and make um, the user try to understand what the project is all about. But if the person persists on feuding 
or um, negative comments, you may be forced to ban such person on the on the chat or on the community. Um, also, I think um, last year, um, one of the projects I was working with, YSL, they had a um, issue with their contract, which caused um, the whole vote and vote to be drained um, completely. So at that point, um, I was the only um, member of the team active at the moment. So um, you can imagine the few that came in once um, community members discovered that um, the votes were beginning to get drained and their money was vanishing. So as much as possible, I had to keep the community cool while trying to wait for the other um, team members to um, be awake or come online and actually um, investigate the issue. And upon investigation, I think the issue was recognized on time and also uh, resolved and the issue fixed um, temporarily. And um, I think to some extent, the committee members are quite satisfied because actually um, I engaged with them properly in the right manner and keep making them assured that their phones are safe also. So that's what you need to do most times. Cool, thanks for thanks for explaining this. Um, oh, sorry, you have quite a lot of background in it. Um, yeah, just wanted to uh, ask everyone else, uh, like NFT Gaga, do you have any interesting situations that you already seen um, and, uh, you know, I don't know, people are misbehaving in some way or um, you're having to react? <laughs> um, I would agree with uh, Anukudi anu uh, that you try to keep it calm and keep your cool. Uh, never get into like I think it's like a big no-no to get into argument like say inside of a like a general chat with a person who's trying to create fad inside of your community um, so I would uh, the way how we try to manage it for example I would uh, DM the person and say, hey, you know, it's not cool what you're writing in the community and we are giving you a warning. If you're going to do this one more time, we're going to ban you. Uh, some people understand and some people are just there to create fun, unfortunately. So you have to, you know, be reactive to that. And other part, um, yeah, there are people who come to the communities uh, simply to spam like they will have like yesterday for example I had this case uh, somebody wrote in a community I will teach you how to make ten thousand dollars and here's the number etc and uh, I, I, it was a lunchtime for me so uh, I couldn't react right away but what I loved it was the community members reacted to this comment and say hey dude you know don't do this and I just loved it. It's, it tells me that, you know, when we're building communities around your projects, that actually uh, we are creating relations, uh, connections to these people, and they are happy to be there, and they will have your back. Like, they will be there at the moment when you're, for example, let's say you're not able to be uh, present in a, in a discussion. So they'll be kind of watching over you, which I found it was so cool. I was so happy. It kind of touched me. <laughs> so yeah, I would say like, don't get into argument. Just try to keep it calm, keep it cool. And just, you know, if you have to ban somebody, there is no problem doing that because, you know, people should join if they really care about the project, not just to be 
you know. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I have to say. Cool. I think one of the things that you mentioned there about um, giving a warning, I think that's kind of useful because I think some sometimes in certain communities, people <laughs> give a ban right away without a warning. And uh, yeah. giving a warning is like a super generous thing. So like, you know, uh, it's yeah. an opportunity for, for the person uh, to like self-correct and like not be exactly. back for life from the exactly. community. Yeah. So, uh, Sometimes it happens also like the person is, he can be tired, right? And he can be writing like small, uh, like, um, small sentences. Let's say, like just to, he's not really engaging in a in an authentic conversation. Let's say with the community members, and um, so you kind of have to also understand that we are all humans. You have to kind of put yourself in his position. Maybe he's just interacting because maybe he's tired after work and he doesn't have energy to write like long sentences, right? Like everything happens. So if something bothers you, I think in the community, uh, like general chat, let's say, uh, the way how to, I, I like to manage it is to like have a human... Um, human interaction say hey you know it's not cool could you improve that and then if the person understands it's great if no then no so, yeah i mean to to piggyback off what um, nft gaggers mentioned i think i think one other thing that one thing that must be understood is that creating a community consciousness is is really it's really foundational to understand to getting the right people and the right conversation going on so what a community consciousness, what I define as a community consciousness is the guiding ethos that guide the guiding ethos for a community, right? And this means that the things that the type of conversations that can be had, the type of conversations that shouldn't be had, and the things that can go on to and understanding how to prime the community to react without having the community mod speak many times. Um, I favor this approach because what can happen many times is if you are quick to strike and you are quick to go. You're quick to uh, what's the word for it now to use a ban. You may create a dictatorial system where individuals believe that um, someone must come to enforce the rules, and there is no there's no communal understanding of what the rules are until when someone comes to enforce them. And so, what I do many times with with my communities and with the developers that I, I relate with is to create from the ground up, you know, a, a guiding ethos. You know, this is what we do. This is what we are about. This is what not. This is what we are not about. And it actually does go beyond just creating a set of rules and regulations. Many times, it also goes into when you're having your community calls, speaking about being respectful during conversations, being um, understanding of others' prejudices, and being opening and opening a, a system where people can get feedback for the conversations they have. And of course, it must be understood that while this may be this may work, there will always be nefarious elements, people that are just going to are just going to shield the one billion Ponzi coin. Yeah. Um, those ones deserve an ex an, um, an instant ban. But for their their people that are coming in from their way. Uh, sorry, I think uh, you got muted. Uh, Twitter's been acting weird today somehow for me. Uh, Jefferson, please, please unmute yourself. All right. Sorry, oh, my apologies. Yeah, I, I sorry, really it's my bad. Know. Yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> so at the core of it, essentially, is creating a community consciousness and a community ethos for what, um, for what conversations should be allowed. And how can that be done? Aside from moving on 
from doing um, a, a proper rules and regulations on Discord. Another thing is, another way it can be done, of course, is doing community calls to reaffirm the, the respectfulness that must happen in conversations on the Discord. That's how I go about it. Cool. Uh, do you guys, um, like, have you seen any, like, common uh, best practices in terms of, like, your structuring Discord and, like, some, some, some uh, uh, principal channels that are, like, must-have or really, like, suggested to have them? Uh, that they've been really helpful in terms of, kind of structuring and onboarding new people into the community because, you know, let's face it, all Discord channels these days, they're, like, hundreds of different channels and it's like super hard to navigate what's going on where, and uh, you know people start conversations in different channels. Uh, what have you guys seen uh, as like the best practices in uh, in structuring the channels and channel folders? Uh, I can say that having a channel about um, general information about the project uh, with all the links to official uh, with all the official links to the project like the website twitter etc i think it's super uh, super useful uh, let's say when you are onboarding a new member you're like hey how are you welcome to the community uh please you know you might want to see this information and you just tag them the channel uh, and where he can go and find information easily. I find that is super important. Then also about information about the frequently asked questions, like, you know, you might want to have that. And of course the meme channel, <laughs> we cannot go without the meme no. channel. I love that. <laughs> so yeah, like I would say those two are super important. Cool. Uh, anyone else? Yeah. In addition to that, um, in addition to that, um, I think we should have a Twitter channel to post Twitter announcements. Also, a suggestion channel should also be included. Then um, a regular talk channel, maybe a price talks channel or um, a channel to discuss about other projects, different from your actual project. Because definitely there will be people who want to talk about other projects. Then also, um, I think um, that's it. Then um, for NFTs these days, you can also have a verified NFT holder channel for the verified NFT holders to feel um, exclusive from the rest of the community. Interesting. That's specific to the NFT projects. Sounds like it. Yeah, I, mean, I was going to mention um, if if your community is one that is attached to a big size protocol like perhaps the ones I've worked for, you want to ensure that, of course, piggybacking off what NFT Gaga and um, and what Ankuri has mentioned, you sh you should have your general, your main, also things for you know for peripheral activities. But perhaps even more important is that if you're looking, if you are, your community is one that integrates. With several other, um, well, if your if your your organization integrates with several other um, organizations, and they have active communities, it might be to your best interest to have um, um, a to have channels dedicated to these different integrations. And so, when I say integrations, I mean I simply just mean um, instances where, say, for example, you know, your com your company is Cardano, and uh, of course, Cardano has maybe perhaps Cardano has something going on with I don't know uh, um, Binance. Right, so a Binance Cardano channel can be created, and what happens there is the conversations that are 
tied to that relationship or developers that have issues with that um, with that integration or whatever conversations need to be that happen in that hemisphere can happen over there. That way you can help segregate um, communities, your community into places that uh, into into different instances, different channels, and and help can come to those channels almost immediately. Um, yet another best practice, I guess, you could try out is to go on to have a place dedicated to um, to the peripheral sides of of conversation. So um, a place for fun, essentially, a place for fun because. Um, we don't want to bring Web2 politics and Web2 straight jacket behavior into Web3. So a place for fun and also a place for you know, integrations with different protocols or whatever organizations you have. It's, really, it's a really nice way to ensure that help gets into the ecosystem as soon as it can. That's uh, a very good we... point. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, uh... just... <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I'm just going to say, so I, I, I'm kind of like, I feel like it will also depend of the project that you are, of your project. If you have a DeFi project, of course, you will have to have uh, additional other channels, uh, whereas NFT project uh, will have other things. So, yeah, but like overall, I in general, I feel like, you know, the ones that we mentioned, everyone mentioned is kind of important channels. But it will differ from one project to another. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think. Uh, okay, I thought also, I was rugged. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> I think also just to comment on what Jefferson said uh, as well that you know having a channel per per integration, especially I think that's especially yeah. relevant for like DeFi projects uh, or like Definitely. projects that are, that are like getting listed somewhere. So I think that is super Definitely. useful. Um, one, yeah. So. These are these are pretty good points. Have you um, uh, used any any of the like common bots? Uh, I guess there are like some 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 bot names that are pretty pretty common. But anything that you recommend that is probably more niche uh, that helps you like moderate uh, the the conversations. Um, I mean, to be frank, I actually might actually take a seat on this one to listen. Um, for the type of bots that everyone else uses, um, mostly because I found that for bots myself, uh, aside from the the one for that I use for capture verification, um, is a little complex. I can't remember the name for the life of me. Um, aside from that, I've not particularly had any use cases for a lot of bots. But I, so I'm going to take a back seat and see if anyone has used bots that has been beneficial to their community. Yeah. NFC Gaga, any any quiddy, any comments here? Uh, not really. I haven't had uh, any experience with setting up bots because I am not uh, handling uh, like um, you know like that part of the project at the moment yet. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, I'm I'm trying to add Vignesh uh, as well, who's uh, part of Crypto Jobs' core team. Uh, yeah, we recently added uh, Me6, uh, which is apparently a very popular bot for for Discord moderation. And uh, like you know, I think Vignesh is currently like setting it up. Uh, and uh, I think some of the people who are currently, I think Barry Barry Boos, who's who's not accepting my invite to speak for some reason. Hope he hope he joins as a speaker. But he is a part of listeners. But uh, he I think suggested to add Me6, and 
kind of uh, add self-assigned roles, uh, which is, I think, what we are working on right now so that people can kind of self-identify as, uh, you know, as a developer or as a marketing uh, or like, you know, community managers and right away kind of get a, uh, access to certain channels without, without getting like spammed by a bunch of channels that are not, not relevant, uh, not relevant to, to them. So we were kind of experimenting with this. Uh, I remember that within within uh, Telegram, but we kind of started moving away from Telegram. Uh, we had, uh, I forgot the name of the bot, I can like, look it up, but uh, in Telegram especially, it's super useful because there are too many scammer, like the spamming problem I feel in Telegram is even worse than in, in Discord. Uh, but even in Discord, it's kind of picking up pace as well. Um, but yeah, like I think it's super important to make sure that uh, people, random people do not just start spamming different links or links to other discord channels or because like we for example uh, and probably part of it what prompted this this twitter space is over the past several months as we've been growing our discord community we had situations where like it was fairly new discord channel discord server and some random people would just start spamming uh phishing links across all channels and tagging like everyone and tagging at here and uh, kind of we learned the hard way that, you know, we need to server-wide disable at everyone and at here so that no one gets notifications because all these spammers and scammers, they, they just will t- abuse that and, and they will like use links that look like it's a Discord link or like a link to some Discord premium feature or whatnot. But in fact, that link is, is like a phishing link that it actually will like ask you for your private keys or ask you to transfer funds somewhere so um yeah this is something this is something that um that's been working for us oh amazing we have a gandalf joining us from uh, ether cards and ether cards had a recent rebranding uh, we've been we've been working with them as well um yeah so this is what i what i what i had to say on that uh but uh now that gandalf joined i also would like him to introduce himself and i think we have a few other guys int- uh, joining lucky rabbits club and jerry that's all uh, the mic to is goes to Gandalf. Hey, how you doing, man? Hey, Roman. Good. How are you? Uh, doing well. Excited to have you. Wasn't expecting that you'll join, but uh, it's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, good good to have you. I'm like, oh, this is a good topic. Oh, look, here's here's how you sing. <laughs> awesome. Um, uh, yeah, we were just discussing today, you know, best practices for community management, mm. and I think you you've got quite a lot of experience with with Ether cards. Yep. Um, what would you say, like any any like general tips or some general crazy stories that you had so far managing the community? Yeah, um, a few. So just I guess I, I should introduce myself. Uh, I am Gandalf, um, and I've been in the space for almost five years now. I've worked uh, on quite quite a few projects, exchanges, blockchain platforms, DApps, um, NFT. Uh, launch pads and community growth platforms, DeFi uh, projects. Um, mostly I've been working with them uh, on ecosystem development and community growth, uh, also marketing, PR, um, product vision, product strategy, uh, quite a few different things. Uh, one of the probably the largest community I've, I've managed was about 500,000 people at, at one point. Uh, that was a nightmare. <laughs> that was, That's crazy. That was before Discord was a thing, and, and that was when we were on Telegram. Uh, we had uh, 13 different language groups, and uh, I won't even go into it. But um, 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm currently working with EtherCards, taking care of their Discord, uh, setting up the Discords for all their partner projects. Uh, I've got, I'm actually building out a team literally right now of um, some really top end uh, community managers and Discord devs to basically be be available for hire as projects come up because it's one of the things as, as you have been saying, Roman, that projects really don't fully understand this and, and they need to. Uh, and it's not just necessarily Discord, but general community management. And some of the things that, that come to mind, I mean, what you were saying about the at everyone and at here, 100% true. I never, ever, ever let that get turned on when whenever we're setting up a community. Um, one thing that is really important is to protect your community and make them feel like it's they're in a safe space. And notification spam is one way to not do that. Uh, but the other way is to allow people, low quality people into your community. And it's not like you're trying to gatekeep and make it exclusive and, and hard to get into, but uh, it's really important to understand who your target audience is and how to market to them and not market to other people, I guess. So an, an example of that would be um, if you do a, a bunch of influencer giveaways and say, hey, they have to follow our account and make them join our Discord, you're going to get a lot of low quality um, community members. Now, for some projects, it, it might not be a big deal, but for many of them who are trying to nurture a sustainable community of non-flippers, that's not what you want. Uh, so normally I'll actually, even though it's great for growth uh, and it might be great for Twitter, potentially, but even then I, I generally wouldn't recommend it. Um, I, I would never say do that for any sort of community growth hacks or, or Discord because it's, it's that low quality. Um, in addition to that, I would say put in a degree of verification, which allows for the separation of non-verified and verified users. And I thought most projects understood this, but I, I keep coming into discords. Even today, I, I went into one that was fairly well established and that sold out and everything. And they didn't do this. And what I mean by that is when people join your, your discord, uh, create a welcome channel and a verify channel and turn that channel's permissions and view off for everybody in your community. So the only people that can see those channels are those that have not verified themselves. And then when people verify themselves, whether it be with a capture or reacting to an emoji or whatever the, the process you set up is, make sure that those channels disappear and that anyone who isn't verified can no longer see all the uh, general channels, but then anyone who's verified can no longer see the welcome channel. So that make a very clear distinction there. The reason for that, aside from the gatekeeping, the reason for that is because any channel that you can see, your name will show up in the right-hand side on Discord in the members list. And so if you can see the welcome channel that unverified members can see, they can see your name and they can see all the community members in your channel. They can click on them, they can DM them. And that is just a surefire way to make people leave your community and not want to be involved. So 
that's probably the, the biggest thing I would recommend and I could go on forever, but I'll hand the mic back to you, Ramin, on that. Yeah, no, these, these are very, very great points, I have to say. And I think like I personally been, uh, you know, getting different DMs from like random people uh, who, who are with me in some other Discord servers and I don't even remember which ones. Uh, but, uh, I think like just to clarify on the verification part, right. I think for a lot of people in crypto, when they hear the, you know, term get verified, they immediately think of KYC and we're not talking about KYC here. Right. Uh, as far as I understand, what are you referring to? Is it just primarily verifying that you are not, not a bot, right? Or yeah. are you, yeah, are that you... you're not a bot and that mm-hmm. I actually take it one step further and say that you're not a bot and that you actually want to join the server. Uh, right. so, so and that's kind of that, that thing about you don't want people who are low quality in your community just taking up space. And so normally it'll be a two-step verification. And that is get them to see your rules, uh, which is you can do that with a little pop-up in the Discord settings. And they have to just check, I've read and agree, and then confirm. And the good thing about that is if you ever want to kick somebody or ban somebody for not complying with those rules, they can't argue because you've said, well, you agreed to them. You literally ticked the check and you had to read them to do that. Uh, but then that's the first level. And then the second level of verification is like I was saying about either a capture, which I don't like all the captures that are currently existing because they either DM the community members or they send them off site to a third party site. So I'm actually building out with my devs, a capture that works within the channel itself and, and doesn't send a DM and doesn't send the user off-site. Um, but that can be one way, so a capture or simply just a react to a, a a post by the bot. Neither of those are actually fully secure. You will get bots, you will get scammers through there. And that's where having a, an educated mod team uh, managing the server is also really important as well. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I was just about to ask, um any like this verification process is it achievable just with the native settings of discord because they're like bottomless number of configurations or do you have to use any like external bots and tools to to enable these things yeah so uh, any, I, any tools you'd recommend i use both the native settings on discord plus a bot uh, mm-hmm. there are a number of bots some people use the ya ppd some I, I use me six others use arcane there's a whole range of them and it comes down to what you're wanting generally speaking they'll all do the ver- the same verification process but where it really differs is the other features that they have now i'm a big believer that the less bots the better the more secure your server will be with less bots and i like me six because it has quite a lot of the features that I need in most of my servers. However, a lot of people don't like me six because they put a lot of those features behind a paywall. And you can definitely use me six with the verification and everything without going in the paywall. And most bots, you can get that verification for free. Um, but do try and keep your bots to a minimum. Um, so the, the bots that I recommend for verification are the three that I just mentioned there, me six, Arcane and YA, I think it's YAPBD. Um, but you can just search on on Discord bots about uh, some of the top ones there, and and any of the ones that are used on thousands and thousands of servers will generally be okay. 
Yeah, um, these are very good points. I'm also kind of making a short list of different points that I made in this group. Maybe I'll uh, we'll try to make a thread with like key key learnings and key lessons. And uh, if anyone here is like paying good attention, uh, you know, you feel free to make your own thread with like you know top lessons learned from uh, from this Twitter space about community management. Yes, I'm, I'm sure these kind of threads will be will be useful. We'll be happy to retweet them as well if they're good quality. Um, yeah, I just wanted to point out that uh, uh, Aditya, who is a community manager at Product Hunt, joined us as well. So hopefully he will join us as a speaker too. But, uh, you know, Product Hunt is uh, not necessarily uh, yet in crypto space, but they are, they're a pretty big part of, you know, online community. And they have a very, very kind of, you know, tight community there on the side with people commenting and celebrating new products. Uh, hopefully he will be able to join. Uh, I'm just trying to invite him to speak and share his experiences. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, all right. I'm just going also through a list of uh, kind of questions, like a, a modest list of questions <laughs> that I prepared for this for this conversation. Have you guys experienced any like uh, things that are absolutely no-no, like never do that as a community manager or never do that in your community? Maybe, maybe that seems like a good idea, but uh, it's actually not a good idea. Any like anti-patterns? Just uh, unmute yourself if you want to speak. Yeah, uh, Jerry and um, yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you for having me on. Um, Gandalf gave us a, a lot of great information. I think that uh, that little bit about the welcome screen and the things that an unverified person can see is major alpha. And I just checked our Discord, and we do have that vulnerability. We will not have that uh, in the next few minutes. That's for sure. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, but what I'd, what I'd like to comment on is um, things that we, we will never do. And this was a rather turnaround week for myself and the project uh, that I'm working on, which is this idea of addressing burnout in the community for um, allow list spots and place in the community and, and the ability to mint and be parts of projects. The one thing we most certainly do not plan on doing is manipulating our audience, for lack of a better term. Um, I respect the way things have been done, but they have gotten out of control. I understand why they've been effective, a lot of these strategies and tactics, and I don't want to criticize the way any buddy has done anything. We're in a completely pioneering space. So we're all experimenting with what works and what doesn't work. But at this point, it seems like the conversation as of the past week has been heavily focused on this concept of these allow lists and their relevancies. And, and now with a secondary market for just the spots starting to emerge lately. And that's just something that, you know, we're still thinking outside the box and see how we can do it. So for example, like, you know, random acts of kindness is something that we're, we're talking about. If we could have somebody prove a random act of kindness and share that with us, we would certainly want to give them priority as to having access to like an allow list or something of that sort. That those are like kinds of things that we're, we're toying with. We're honestly thinking uh, of a bunch of things in regards with discord. I'll go ahead and share an idea that we were discussing last night, which is the idea of not having our own main central discord and partnering with trusted and respected projects who will allow us to have a channel on their discord 
So for example, the name of our project is the Lucky Rabbits Club. So if we could come on uh, another project, let's say that I know them and we've had discussions and there's going to be certain things we're going to do for their community and in place, in, in turn, they're going to allow us to come have like the rabbit hole or the Lucky Rabbits Club channels on their server. Now that does pose its own security issues, the potential of like lack of control. We could supply a moderator, but then these ideas that what if the owner goes rogue? Like there's so many steps that you're playing with and seeing like how it reacts. Like it's almost like, you know, you push and then there's like these little pulls and you're feeling these reverberations into what works and what doesn't work for the greater benefit of the community that is supporting your project. So it's a really fascinating topic and I'm glad you're hosting this space. I was really excited when I saw the title and I came in and I almost instinctually always press the microphone button. So I was thankful that you, uh, you brought me on uh, so we could chat about some of these things. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for the contribution. I think uh, one thing that you mentioned about having like, instead of having a dis like your own centralized uh, discord server, having a group in other servers, I think that's an, interesting idea and maybe somewhat under underused underutilized but uh, and i think it kind of opens uh, in a good way like a lot of questions because you know from one point of view so people would want to have one uh, discord server where like the main conversation is happening where you have control over that group at the same time it is great definitely great if you're able to like secure uh, and like negotiate agree on on like your own channel in someone else's discord because some of these discord servers they they can be massive in terms of size or even like at, at a thousand even if a thousand people started getting like protected because a lot of you know because cameras are out there for everyone and you want to be careful like okay do are we gonna create like an entire um you know uh, section just for this new project uh, like you know is it a legitimate project like, are they going to be just posting you know scam links there or are they going to be kind of how they will be leveraging our community will they actually start adding value to our community uh, yeah, which, which also kind of reminds me of that. So a few, like we, for example, as scripted jobs, we, you know, uh, we used to have a Discord bot for like, I think like four, three years ago, we built it. And then I think it went offline. I wasn't maintaining it for some reason. And uh, recently, a lot of people were asking to just like, you know, create a jobs uh, channel in their Discord. So I, I had to like rebuild, a, a, you know, Discord board that just, you know, posts uh, jobs in, in crypto and web three, um, to, to the discord server. So I think it's, and like, you know, we, we, we just started getting a different, uh, discord service, adding the bot to their, to their server, creating a dedicated channel or kind of letting it post to the general channel. But it's an, definitely an interesting idea, uh, of kind of collaborating with other projects through the means of having your own kind of, you know, uh, sub sub channel, especially if you're partnering with that project or kind of able to, you know, be, add other value. Um, yeah. Gandalf, I think uh, he had something to say. Go ahead. You raise your head. Hey, um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, I wasn't trying to interrupt. I was just waiting. <laughs> no to finish. Um, a couple of things. One, one thing that lucky, I think it was you that was talking just before. Was it lucky? Yep. Um, one thing that Lucky mentioned uh, that actually was a good point was the idea of completely changing the narrative of how the pre-sale and early access works. And that's something that I'm actually exploring. So I'm doing my own NFT project and I'm exploring that, uh, which I won't go into details about at the moment because there's not space for it. 
Um, but there is another project with, um, so I'm building up the Discord server and community for uh, a very well-known actor in, in like an A-list actor. And they're planning on getting around 200,000 people in, in their server. So they want to do it right. Uh, and uh, one of the things that they're planning on doing is with their, um, with their early access, they are going to be doing it where people have to submit essentially some show of love or support for the actor, whether it be a video, uh, song, picture, tweet, something. Uh, and then that'll be curated, that they get submitted via the website and then curated. Now, it's an interesting idea, but there are some very serious challenges with that, which I've suggested a couple of options, but they're going away and um, going to spend some time thinking about that. But I just thought I'd mention that because uh, if they do figure out a good way to do it, um, it'll be worth maybe sharing it with a couple of you guys to uh, to then share with the, the rest of your um, followers, groups and, and communities. I think it'll be really good to, to get that narrative or that thinking started. The other thing was a couple of points that I forgot to mention earlier, but are really, really important. And, <clears throat> excuse me, that is anyone who's going to set up a Discord server, when you set it up, you're the owner. Create an account that is dedicated to that server as the owner, set it up, put that owner account away. Do not access the account again with that owner unless you need it. Then when you are going to be managing the account on a day-to-day -day basis, use a separate account that you've, or your own personal one that you've set up as the admin account. And this will help protect your Discord from compromises. So a lot of compromises occur when either the admin or the owner gets uh, compromised. And if you're on there as an admin, but not the owner, they cannot lock all the other admins out. So it will stop at least you from losing control of your, your own server. So that's the first thing. The second one was, uh, I always suggest for servers to put up a channel, a read-only channel, which lists all the team members and moderators and community members that have a, a status, so to speak, uh, on the Discord. And have the people listed there. Anyone who's not listed there is not going to be a team member or a mod. And therefore, people aren't going to get fooled by somebody saying, hey, I'm part of the team or I'm a mod. How can I help you DM me, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and with your mods, you don't need to give them full control. Definitely, definitely do not make them admins. Uh, just give them the controls and the permissions that they absolutely need. And it's okay to have different types of mods. Have a junior mod, have senior mods. Um, I always, if I have somebody that I don't fully trust because they haven't been around for months and months and months, I will give them the bare bones permissions as a mod and give them a probation of one month and see how they go. Um, it's, it's really important to do that. Make sure that people that uh, have access to announcements are very few. So obviously you'll have your admins, but keep it to two or three people. That way you're not going to have issues where somebody gets access to your announcement channel, posts an announcement with a fake link or 
some other compromising piece of information uh, and, and then people get scammed. So those were just a couple of extra things that, that I remembered. Sorry, I, I kind of was on the spot before, so I didn't think of them. Yeah, these are these are very good points, especially around uh, protecting the ownership of the of the Discord server. And there's, you know, want to make sure that you have a two FA set up as well. That's additional security layer. I think a lot of people don't think enough about security because they think that it will never happen to them until it does, and then it's gonna be a PTSD for the rest of their life. Uh, probably in a good way that you will ne never repeat the same mistakes and you'll be more cautious. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think another point that I wanted to make in terms of like permissions to moderate, uh, I've noticed that sometimes people like join a server and they ask, like, I want to be a mod, right? And they get, you know, rejected quite often, or, uh, you know, they get uh, maybe like accepted too easily. And I think there is no, uh, no one should get offended if they don't immediately get a permission to be a mod, <laughs> because, you know, it, it takes time to earn trust in the community, maybe like, you know, no one knows you, but in the server, maybe you're like, you know, a spammer or you've taken someone. So you want to stick around uh, just in regular capacity as a contributor and show that you're actually interested and you're genuine and you're not just, like, you know, running around servers, collecting badges of uh, being a mod. Um, and I think, yeah, the idea of having like different levels of uh, moderators is great. I think the question that I wanted to ask uh, Gandalf is that, so you mentioned having a channel where all the mods and like and certain other mods, but team members, the core team members are listed out, right? What's like why do that instead of just uh, having a you know obviously the team members will have team member permissions, they will be in a team member uh, permission group, right? And that is that is visible, right, to everyone on the server. Uh, what the, what are the pros and cons of actually just having a channel that is read only only with just listed out uh, team members? Sure. So. Team members may or may not want to be listing their status as on online or offline. I keep my Discord status as offline a hundred percent of the time. I'm in about forty or fifty different Discord servers, and I do not want to be compromised in any of those. I do not want. I get enough DMs as it is. <laughs> I do not want to have to deal with spammy DMs. And as soon as I turn myself online, I am going to receive dozens of DMs a day of just fake stuff because the majority of the servers that I've joined are not secure in the right way. Uh, the, the other thing is by having people listed out in the channel, like the dedicated channel, it's normally just one post on that channel, is I can actually list out what their roles are. And then what that does is if you have your server set up fairly well, You've got a vibrant community. People are really supportive and, and you've got that encouraging uh, environment. Then it's probably going to be okay if you have that because people who, let's say somebody wants to uh, contact your BD team, then you don't need to list the whole team on there, but you'll obviously have one person from your BD team who does interact on Twitter. Have them listed there. That way they don't have to go posting in, in the general server, trying to get a mod, trying to get other team members, trying to fluff around for lack of a better phrase. They can just find, okay, that's the BD. Let me tag him and ask him for a DM uh, or ask him so I can DM. Or um, the, the community manager, let's say somebody's got an issue with the mod and they don't actually want to talk to the mods. They can say, hey, 
I found the community manager, I can just tag him and do that. Now, it is really important as well, just having the team listed, whether it's in the roles or in this channel, because whenever I tell somebody to DM somebody, I always tell them to find a message of that person or a tag of that person, click on that and send a message through the little pop-up that appears there. That way, you know 100% you have the right person because it's very easy to get the wrong people and fake accounts with the same names or very similar names on Discord. Same thing on Twitter, um, especially if you're doing giveaways. Really, really important because you will get fake people and scammers trying to claim prizes either on Twitter or, or Discord. And uh, I thankfully haven't had this issue yet. I know a lot of people that have where they end up giving prizes away and sometimes fairly expensive prizes. One person ended up giving a $2,000 prize away to the wrong person because, no, in fact, two of them to the, to the wrong person. So it's $4,000 went to the wrong person because they didn't verify the name. And so it's really, really important that you go through the correct process of, uh, so if somebody, if you tell somebody, send me a DM with your details, they do that. I will always go back into the account, uh, sorry, into the channels, find a message from them that I know is from the winner, click on there, send a message, see if it comes up in the same message thread. If it does, we're all good. If not, you know you've got a scammer. Yeah, I think this is a very good point of like double making sure uh, and paying close attention to all these details when someone reaches out to you, like making sure that it's the right person. Um, like we also get that in a, in a different capacity, like outside of Discord. But uh, for example, some people message us for support when they're listing jobs, and like even today, someone someone changed their domain from .com to .xyz uh, to make to be like a bit more crypto uh, crypto friendly. Uh, and it's the same domain name, the same website, but with XYZ. And like, how do I make sure, like, should I give the access to that person or not? We need to like go through validation process and ensure that the person who claims uh, is the person who, you know, they, they claim to be. Uh, so yeah, make, make sure to uh, always pay attention to all the details and uh, verify people that you were dealing with. Cool. Um, I think we haven't heard from Jerry today. Uh, according to your bio, you're a super rare community and social media manager. I uh, would love to hear uh, your experience uh, managing that community and just general experience managing all communities that you've been part of, if you're still with us online. Yeah. Hi. Um, good afternoon, everyone. Hey, Jerry. Yeah. My name is Jerry. Um, I'm Nigerian, and I've been in the crypto space for about, um, since 2018. Yes. And I've been a community manager and a worked with a um, few projects. Well, um, it's been nice, but um, I've faced um, some issues and uh, I thought I could join this space and maybe talk about them and, I don't know, share ideas and see how that goes. Um, so uh, I've been a community manager for some project, but um, I noticed something and, and I'd like to um, ask um, a question concerning that. Um, so, the last project I worked with, um, I don't have to call a name. I, I don't think it will be nice. But um, so what? Um, so what would you do as a um, community manager? Um, you're handling a project, and then the owner of the project just goes in communicado 
I don't know. I've had this. Um, I don't know if it's a rug or what happened, but most times we find um, projects going, um, owners of projects going in card, and then the community just stops functioning. They're still um, the um, owners of the projects are still members of the community, but you don't get feedback from them, and everything just goes down. I don't know what would you do in that situation because I'm faced with that right now and the community is quite wavy and I'm just lost in the middle of it. Interesting question. So just to summarize, as far as I understood, if I understand it correctly, like basically the owners of the community went, you know, disappeared, right? Uh, so you're trying to figure out what to do with it, right? Yes. <laughs> Great question. I, <laughs> I've been getting a lot of DMs, proposals, um, for listing, but I don't know. It's quite crazy. Interesting. Um, anyone, anyone here has any um, suggestions over what to do in the situation? I think Gandalf always has a, some good nuggets. <laughs> I'd like to ask a couple more questions on that, just so I understand it correctly. Um, <clears throat> uh, I, I just had to duck out quickly there, so I didn't quite catch everything you were saying. Um, just to add on what Raman asked, so we've got a project and the project owners or the community owners, like the Discord owners. Who are we talking about here that's left? The community owners, they didn't leave. They just stopped. They were inactive. Inactive. Okay. And yeah, I, had, I had a brief question. Oh, sorry. Um, I mean to interrupt. Sorry about that. I just wanted to ask you a brief question. Um, you know, did you go over maybe some of these people's previous credentials? Um, like for instance, have you looked at some of the graphic designers' previous works and stuff like that? Um, I think one thing that's a dead giveaway, right, is if they don't cite any previous work. That's um, one big. I was dead working giveaway. with an influencer, and then um, the project reached out to him. them to me and then we talked on twitter and then we moved I'm not sure if if the audio quality is at me or is it a uh, jerry's dropping down yeah i think jerry's rugging a bit okay sorry i think Adolf, you had you had some points to make um if you, if you everything just speak. seemed fine <laughs> about three months later um they just i don't know kind of vanished yeah it's a tricky one and i i mean i'm going to be a little vague with my suggestions and, and by all means lucky and anyone else feel free to add in your, your thoughts as well because i don't fully understand the exact situation here but <clears throat> whenever a community owners leave whenever I've seen that happen most of the time unless it's a rug like it's actually the project team that's just done a rug or a scam or, or left generally speaking it's because the community isn't worth the upkeep to them uh is the whole connection dropping down, or is it a? I, I Gandalf, think Gandalf. I think Gandalf is connected. 
I feel like the space is getting rocked overall. I, think. <laughs> I, th- I don't know. I think the connection today is, is pretty interesting. Um, I think I'm next on the hit list. Uh, I think I think Twitter realized the power of this community and uh, <laughs> they did not want us to succeed. <laughs> Sorry about that. Guys. Getting rugged by Twitter itself. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you see my name, awesome. I'm, I'm the space's rug king, so expect it. <laughs> awesome. But I think we have a lot of alpha today. More than I expected. I had a low expectations, but it's, it's turning out amazingly. Um, sorry, I think, Anath, you wanted to, to finish up, and then we'll uh, introduce a few other people who just joined. We'll let them introduce themselves. Yeah, um, so often they'll leave because the if it's community owners that are leaving, it's because they don't see the value in that community to them. And that can often be a sign that the community is actually a low-quality community uh, or it was built incorrectly or it's insecure. And generally speaking, if that's going to be the case, if I'm in that position where I'm seeing that happen, I would pull the active members to a new community because trying to fix or keep that current community growing, it's already got problems. It's a dying animal already. Um, And so not saying that the community owners were justified in what they were doing by leaving. Uh, That's totally not, not on. But to me, that would be a sign of some other underlying bigger issues. If we're, but this is really important to understand. I'm talking about community owners here, not project team. If it's a project team, you could have an amazing community and the project team just does a rug and that's a very different situation. Uh, now, if the community is vibrant and for some reason the community owners do leave, it really comes down to do you have access to the the I say the admin and even then I probably would do a slow transition to a new community because if you don't have ownership and you're building up this community now one you don't have particular uh, access to particular features and functions which you will need eventually but two the owner could come back and just completely delete the server change it completely do whatever they want and that is not secure I would never ever trust a community where the owner, the people who are running it, do not have access to the owner. That that's my two C. Strong points. Strong points. Um, I think I'd like to add to this. Please. Like sometimes, uh, you know, people approach you. Hey, you know, you want to be a moderator for this project and. When I, for example, for myself, I made a clear decision that I'm not going to be a moderator or a community manager for a project that I don't know the own, who are the owners and the values they they have and what the project is about. If it's a, just a project that you see, for example, you kind of have a feel uh, like if it's going to be a, a dump and pump, a pump and dump kind of project. So, so you kind of don't want to associate your name with those type of projects. So um yeah i think it's super important to know who are the founders of the project who is on the team and what they have done previously as work or what they are doing currently as well so yeah those are super interesting points to look out for uh do not join dump and dump 
community <laughs> members. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's a good one. It's a good one. Okay, English is not my first language, so... No, it's, it's, it's right. I think for a lot of us, it, it is not either, so... But and I think it's another thing. It's very important to... like Speaking of language, though, right? So a lot of brilliant people in, this, in, uh, in crypto uh, who, yeah. like, you know, English is not their native language, right? And mm. it's very easy to sometimes to just, like, you know, tell... Uh, or they kind of maybe like discriminate or like join some other community, man, you know, communities where like, all right, it's a bunch of like native speakers, but they might not be, you know, like we've probably always been uh, sometimes been in communities where it's like person talks flawlessly, but they're not really sure what they're even talking about. Right. But they sound very convincing. So I think it's, <laughs> it's better to avoid those and, you know, just try stick with those that are right. Maybe they are not as good as, you know, at speaking English or at communication. But they see that the you can see that the project is legitimate and it's yes. you know, it's moving. Things are being built. Things are being shipped. Uh, anyway, exactly. th- those are just kind of my two two way of, yeah. of, of advice or comments. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely agree. Sometimes you can like the project can look super great, super cool, but like um, you have to ha- have like know if your values are aligned with their values. At least for my, for me, that's how I uh, choose projects that with which I want to work. So, uh, yeah, and it's unfortunate some people get, uh, you know, uh, start start a project and don't finish it and things like that. Cool. Thanks for the comments. One thing I wanted to add uh, to what you were saying, Raman, and I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Um, we, we have a very wide international community that is connecting in a way that is, in my personal opinion, unless I'm missing something, has never happened before in human history, um, unless there's a previous existing version of our current reality. Uh, you have these spaces going with hundreds of people some spaces, thousands of people, and you have maybe at least 50% of 180 countries represented. And understandably, there's going to be certain cultural conflicts and things that are basically going to be growing pains. And I think as community managers and as project creators in this space, there's a sense to not only ensure the security like the things Gandalf is saying is is really uh, is really fantastic. Um, I feel like we should be paying him, you know, like five hundred dollars an hour for this. He probably charges ten times that. Um, so it's like really great alpha. Um, but the one thing I I keep thinking of also is like how do we make it so that everybody, no matter like where they're coming from, like I know there's a lot of discussion about like inclusivity and diversity, but it is now like forced upon everybody like in a good way but it's like it's here it's happening now like people and and by the way if you're a non-native english speaker i don't think you should ever add the word sorry uh to to explaining uh maybe your lack of english in any way just keep working at it maybe replace just personal suggestion maybe replace the phrase with uh i'm working on my english and then go into what you're saying but never use the word sorry you shouldn't be sorry we are all struggling to understand where each other is coming from but at the end of the day like we have this unifying platform um 
and this technology movement happening. And there's a lot of opportunities. Like it's almost a shame. There's so many like rug pulls and scams going on because it's like the real gold is in these personal relationships we're building. Like nobody's going to really widely travel anywhere for like the next year or so. But pretty soon, all of us that are meeting are going to be meeting at NFT conventions, metaverse conventions, Web3 conventions. And it's going to be really cool to have been investing in these relationships with each other. So these are the things that I'm thinking of when, Raman, when you're when you're talking about like community building and like community management. Like, I think there's a, a larger sense of cultural responsibility that didn't dawn on me until like literally this week. Lucky, you're like actually really right there. Sorry, Smokey. Um, oh. I'll just add this quick thing and then hand over to you, Smokey. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, please. Lucky, what you said is really true about that that relational aspect. Um, so true. And, I mean, not like I would never call myself an expert and nobody really in this space should ever call themselves an expert. It's um, we're all learning together, but I've never ever put community manager, uh, discord genius or anything like that in my bio. Uh, I've never said that to anybody at all. And, but people still come to me for advice and, and like to, to help them with their discord service, etc. And the reason is because the focus is on building that relationship, that network. And it all started, I mean, even though I've been in this space for quite a while, I started coming into these spaces, asking questions. And I think that's a really, really important thing to, to do. I mean, right now, spaces is the hot thing. But after spaces, there'll be something else. And, and like, it'll just keep transitioning from, from one area to another. But building that connection up is really, really important. And it doesn't take long start to understand some of the basics of these things. And as you do that, you'll find that you will attract like-minded people. Um, I mean, Raman, I'm, I'm still quite honored and humbled that you brought me up because I, I certainly wasn't coming to this space. I didn't even realize that uh, it was you when I joined the space. Uh -huh. But I guess what I'm trying to say is having community moderator, community, or community manager is not so bad, but like moderator, Discord mod, community uh, expert, all of that is a big red flag for me. I will be very reluctant to deal with somebody who has that in their bio, not because that's a bad thing to say in itself, but you don't need that. Like it's, it's not, that's not what modding is about. Modding is about managing people and relationships in reality. It's not about moderating a, a, a chat group. Uh, the true moderators are actually people managers. And a people manager knows that they don't need to put that title up there for people to see them who, for who they are. I hope I'm making sense. I'm kind of fumbling around with this because it's, it's kind of a, a thought that I'm developing here, but it, it kind of was brought on by what Lucky said. Sorry, Smokey. No, totally fine. Honestly, that was completely awesome. I just really quickly wanted to touch up on the point that, you know, a lot of times uh, people come in your Discord and say, hey, I'm going to bring the Discord together and community together. And all they do is type in LFG with a bunch of exclamation marks 20 times. And that's not exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about legitimately helping people, right? And legitimately educating the community because 
When you educate the community, you turn the money in your community into something called smart money. And having smart money under one roof is a lot more powerful than just having money under one roof because people will dump otherwise. People who aren't smart and don't understand the vision and don't believe in what you're doing will dump, guaranteed, because they're interested in money, not the vision, not the product. And the thing that's very important to recognize here is especially between cross-community collaborations and events and all sorts of other things like that, there has to be a real kindling of purpose between these communities, right? And I think that education is really that key factor, keeping people safe, teaching them the red flags. It really gives this other person that sense of gratitude of, wow, this guy's looking out for me. He's actually teaching me and showing me how to invest properly, how to watch out for those red flags. Because if we work together, the Solana community is cozy. It's small. We have this opportunity now to get together, to educate each other, to educate each other's communities, to get innovators to pull their heads together and ideas together to really, really, really take off in a big, big way by having smart, strong intelligent investors who are educated in each and every step of this, people who can tell the rugs from the good ones, people who understand the tokenomics, people who read light papers, people who are interested in the space and want to develop the Solana community as a whole. If we band together, and all together I mean, we can get some of the smartest minds in this technology and in this space currently with one of the fastest and cheapest blockchains available right now. And we can easily, easily take off, but it will take education. Education is the key here. Being educated and warned about all the things that could be and all the things that have been is extremely important. And you will never be able to do that alone. Oracles, librarians, all these people needed other people to work with them to document this information, to make this information palatable for the masses, to make this potent potential reach its real, real height. Because at the end of the day, we are the individuals in the community. And if each and every single one of us reach out to one another and ask, how did you do that? Why did you do that? What is that? Is that like, don't be afraid to sound stupid. The people who are afraid to sound silly will never innovate a damn thing in their entire fucking life. So remember that for the rest of your life as you carry it with you. You need other people. You need to learn from other people. Any good teacher is perpetually a student, and we all can be students together to learn together at a higher level of education that has never been available for any kind of money to buy. All right, cool. Thanks so much, Smoking. Very very good points, very inspirational speech. Um, cool. I think I, I think we, we had a Zoe in a, in, a, in a speaker position for quite some time now. Could you please introduce yourself? Are you managing a community right now? Are you like, leading a community right now? Uh, any tips and tricks that you've seen so far? Hi. Yeah, I actually came up because I was wondering um, for Jerry, but I will tell it later. Um, I have my own project and I open my own Discord. So I'm managing my own Discord, um, building my own Discord, literally doing it right now. And I'm also a moderator in the Toy Boogers Discord. Um, a really fun project, a super nice project. And then I'm also modding in uh, a Discord, another Discord from one of the European board apes that I know, which is also a super nice community. 
so I'm a big fan on Discord. Um, I love um, maintaining, but also entertaining a community there because I first started on Clubhouse, um, building community and then coming over here to Twitter. But I have to say that I really had to learn how to um, do it on um, Discord because one thing, collecting a community, I don't know if I have a better word for it, but collecting a community is one thing, but actually maintaining it is a whole different story. I think people underestimate it when it comes to that. Um, if you want to be a moderator, I don't know how many mods they would have in a project, but know that it's a lot of work. Like, do not underestimate being uh, a moderator. And I think, well, I think it was Gandalf what you said there about um, you should be a people person and not use it as a certain standard uh, status. I 100% agree with that because it's not about that. It's really about being like connecting with humans, right? You need to have that in you. So I'm also gonna be on the search for moderators. Um, as my project is growing. And the one thing I'm looking always for is people who are social. Because I've noticed with myself, the reason I can keep it up right now is because I'm a very social person. Um, I talk a lot. But um, the funny thing is I'm an introvert, extrovert. So I actually like being by myself 90% of the time, which worked really good during the pandemic and works good for Discord. Um, because um, I'm working, like I said, on my own NFTs. So I can also work during that in discord so that i'm like someone who likes to communicate with people it works really well so i think it's gonna be hard to find good moderators i don't know how you guys think about that uh, because what i've noticed is that some people quit they can't keep up because it is super intense more intense than you uh, would think um so i wonder how how that's gonna be and i actually for jerry i was like so it, because i know from other projects that some um, projects actually rugged themselves and they left and then the community was the one taking over and then I was thinking if he is the community manager and the people from the project are still there because that's what I um, was understanding then the people behind the project should be the one who are also looking for new community mods and stuff so I didn't understand his um, concern exactly so I had actually questions for him but he left but um, yeah I wonder what you guys thoughts are on on good moderators because i think it's going to be one of the most valuable jobs out there as discord grows because you're going to need those people and you like you guys said you're going to need to trust those people so it's going to be super important to have community uh, mods and community managers i actually want to kind of answer that if that's all right um i think some of the best mods are the mods that want to move up the best mods are the mods that are so dedicated to the project that they tell you, you know what, I can see the project's funds are low this month, uh, don't pay me. Obviously, you still pay them, but the fact that these people are willing to do that, you can see somebody's willing to take some sort of self-sacrifice. Let's say there's a, a whitelist spot that, you know, there's only one left and it's him or someone else. If he's willing to give that up to that other person because they're a holder and not a teammate, that's a good mod. Somebody who's willing to take a little bit of sacrifice for the greater good of the project and really wants to actually move up. I've started many businesses myself. I'm, I know I sound quite young, but I've actually started many contracting businesses and construction businesses, and I'm used to dealing with quite a gruff character. And I can tell you that a lot of times when you hire some of these guys, some of them will piss around and they'll straight up like just do nothing because they don't respect you. They don't respect you, period. You're screwed. 
There's nothing you can do about that. If somebody doesn't respect you and they work for you, they're going to abuse every single second they can. So you have to really see the person you're dealing with when you're not there. And that's the lovely part about Discord. It's all right there. Every single bit. If you want, you go back, you check the performance of your worker. And if he did not perform the way you needed him to perform, you have to mention it. I mean, listen, obviously don't be a tight ass. I mean, there comes a point where like, yeah, I seen my guy on the phone once in a while or like he skirted off to get a coffee. But at the end of the day, he finished the job on time. Nobody was hurt. He was being perfectly safe. He was up to code or whatever. That's fine. That's totally fine. But if you can see your guys clearly slacking, not answering questions, or maybe being rude even, or clearly just has a short temper or whatever the case is, clearly that's a bad mod and you need to get rid of him right away, especially because it could be a detriment to the professionalism of your um, of your product or your company or whatever, right? I mean, for instance, we welcome FUD at our project. We literally beg people to come FUD us. No joke. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I'm telling you, we beg people to FUD us. We tell them, please come, try your hardest to FUD our floor, because we'll buy at lower A, and that's if you even manage to get it out of the hands of our holders. And B, you're only adding to our credibility, because all we're going to do is answer you sincerely and politely and look like professionals, and you're going to look like an asshole. And by the end of it, most people even end up buying the NFT and being like, wow, these guys were so professional. They dealt with me. I tried my best to give them a hard time and simply couldn't. It's that solid of a project. Done. Cool. So just that's wanted one thing to, I add, Yeah, thanks, man. I uh, wanted to add to also Zoe's point that, uh, you know, how to find like the best community managers. And I think for anyone in crypto, like anyone hiring in crypto, finding like an existing individual who is already uh like you know all qualified or 100% qualified for the role you're you're looking for it's almost impossible you always need to look for someone who is about maybe like 70% there or 80% there and wants to grow and nurturing that person whether it is a developer marketeer uh you know community manager engineer uh it's it's almost impossible to find someone who is like already 100% and even if you find and attract them uh, in a lot of situations, they will be just get bored very fast because they already been there, done that. So I think like just you know coming to place, places like we're hosting today and you know nurturing uh, your existing maybe community managers, advising them to join and listen, learn, ask questions. Uh, that is much more kind of valuable and actually realistic approach to like finding and improving the talent in your existing kind of circle in your community. Um, instead of kind of expecting that someone, uh, some, you know, prince on a white horse or lady on a, I don't know, uh, on, on wings, uh, on angel wings will come down on you and like, you know, bless your community with, with, uh, with the wisdom uh, and experience. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, nurturing someone uh, who has the potential is uh, like, you know, a better approach, more realistic approach. And it's a huge win-win. Um, yeah, <laughs> these are my, two, uh, my comments that I want to add here. Uh, yeah, we had a yeah, Gandalf, go ahead. I was going to add a couple more points to that, and, and you are right there about every single mod that I know that is quality and experience is already taken. Uh, I can't even find more than one or two mods at a time that have super high qualifications. Uh, and so what I will always suggest to projects is <clears throat> find one person 
one person that you trust. They might not be great, but at least have one person who can bring up other people from your community. And as you grow before Mint, you you might be able to get away with uh, offering people NFTs as part of your, if you're a PFP and, and got quite a large number of NFTs, then you can offer that to them. Um, some, some mods will work for free. And I think it's very important to make a very clear decision about whether you're going to have a free mod group or a paid mod group. And the reason why is because if you don't have that clear distinction in internally, not amongst the community, but internally, then there will be missed expectations. And I've seen this before. I've had this happen to me as well. Uh, and, and you'll have some conflict in the mod team as to what is required, what is not required. Um, and, and make sure you're very, very clear on those expectations. And so, like I was saying about people who the mod should be people managers, they don't need a, to be a mod to manage people. Community members can do that in themselves. And I think Smokey mentioned about, are they willing to give up their last white, whitelist spot to another community member to keep the peace? Do they know how to diffuse a situation? Do they know how to engage people in in com conversation that's going to continue on? Do they know how to um, <clears throat> excuse me, provide information in, in such a way where it's not blowing their own horn, but just answering the person's question? Do they know how to respond to criticism in a way that uh, can be supportive and create a positive environment as opposed to a negative space? These are the sort of things that I'll look for. And then either if the person has approached me to be a mod, um, like I mentioned before, I'll, I'll normally give them minimal position, but before that, I'll actually tell them, all right, let me watch you. I'm going to get the other mods to, to keep an eye out. And we're going to see how well you can handle people just in general. And the idea is that we want to see your people skills. And so if they are committed, they will have no issues in doing that for a couple of weeks because two weeks is neither here nor there. Chances are they're probably already doing that to start off with. And, and this can be a great way if you don't have anybody in your community that you have seen, reach out to your to your friends in this space, say, hey, look, I need a couple of community managers and, and just get random people, bring them into your server as a community member and see how they perform there for a couple of weeks. Then give them the junior mod role and then maybe after three months or six months, bring them to a senior mod role. Now, within the EtherCard server, which is one of the servers that I manage, we have a fully structured ambassador program for our mods and excuse me the mods know about it and some community community members know about it but we do not promote it because i do not want mods who are going to be there asking to mod for the money or for the 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 pay it is still a volunteer position for them and they get compensated because we appreciate them but it is still a volunteer position but because they're compensated, there are responsibilities and expectations from our end that they have to complete, i.e. they have to be online for between 8 to 12 hours during their particular time zone. They have to be posting at least once an hour. Even if there's no conversation going, just post something about an announcement, reminding people about what's going on in, in the project, whatever it ends up being. Uh, give them clear structures on how to handle a situation, what the rules are, 
if somebody is causing conflict, that whether it's the three strikes rule or whether it's you, you mute them or whether it's you uh, tag, uh, like let's say they, they might be a junior modern, they might not be comfortable in banning or, or dealing with that conflict, get them straight away to tag you and make sure that you're available at the times that you're needed, things like that. Um, I hope that helps answer in addition to what Raman was saying. Yeah, can pretty I, good. Can Sorry, I, go ahead. Sorry, can I could re, like, um, um, reply really quickly? Um, I think there were a lot of good things said. The only thing I really, really disagree with is not paying moderators, and here is why. Unless you're a startup, like you're a beginning project or you're a small project or one-of-one one artist, it's nice to have your friends or people you trust and moderate your Discord. It's not going to be crazy crowded yet. But when you are um, having a collectible project, let's say 2,000, 3,000, up there, 10,000, and you're going to have moderators and you already launched, for anyone in this room, I don't care if you're a junior mod or uh, like do the next level, you need to get paid because if you need to be somewhere eight to 12 hours, it is super intensive, especially when it's a community that's quite big. So I don't um, care how much you're going to get paid point. because those communities, those collectible projects, they make a lot of money. They get secondaries. They should be paying people, especially if people are going to be there for so many hours. Again, if it's like a small um, project and I'm talking really small and it's like a starting artist, help them out and grow together. But if it's already an accomplished project or they're about to launch after the launch, they need to pay you because they make a lot of money and they should appreciate people putting those hours because being a community manager or being a mod is not a joke. It's super intensive. Right. I think For that's sure. why Gandalf was pointing out uh, the difference between uh, junior and senior mods and that like you do not get, you know, start being paid just because you requested that. You need to still build trust. Uh, yeah, I just want to let Gandalf add to that. Like what, what are his views in terms of, you know, why... I Pay, yeah, why just, not pay? Just to clarify what I was saying on that, and you are, you are right there, Zoe. Zoe, is that right? Oh uh, yeah, Zoe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely, you're right. Uh, it can be tricky though for one-on-one -on -one artists because sometimes they don't make sales for quite some time, and it can be really difficult if they've committed to pay some mods on a monthly basis, but they're not making any sales. That's not a viable option for them. Um, whereas for a PFP project that has uh maybe they're starting out they might not have funds to start with and so they might offer some nfts but as soon as they launch and they've raised a million dollars absolutely you <laughs> if they're not willing to pay you that's a red flag a hundred percent um but I, I think the other thing is to be clear make sure that you understand what you are asking of them of the mods make sure that you're clear if you're going to pay them that they understand that there's a responsibility for that. It doesn't necessarily mean that they need to be saying, okay, I'm going to quit my job and do that. But if I'm going to pay you, I expect this, 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 and make that very clear to them. If you're not going to pay them, make it clear that you're not going to pay them, but then you can't ask for a lot of those responsibilities that you would expect of a paid mod. Um, to add an extra layer of clarity to what um, Gandalf was saying there, um, so I think that, you know, people who essentially uh, are, you know, coming in as mods at the beginning, 
they typically, especially in a in a smaller project that you know hasn't generated that many secondaries and whatnot, and doesn't have those kinds of funds, I think maybe to further Gandalf's point is um, there should be a probationary period for bigger projects so they don't get crappy mods and so that they can actually have some control over that pay and they can say, hey, we have the right to refuse to pay you because you're in your probationary period or whatever. Um, as well as I think also what Gandalf was trying to say is that in these smaller projects, right, obviously it's up to them to pay what they want, right? But at the same time, if if their project's just not making the money because the volume's not there, then they have nothing to pay. So in a sense, what mods who come into these programs should know is that obviously if they're going to be making a lot of money and the project's making a lot of money, then the mod's going to be very busy, therefore in turn doing a harder job and deserves more pay. But if there is very, very little volume, I think that should fall under the same probationary clause in the sense that the probationary period goes both ways. It's not only the behavior of the mod, it's also the strength of the project, which is why the mod has to be invested in the project and actually interested in the progress of the project. And I think that that's a very, very lucrative way of doing that because I mean, that's what happened to me and many other people that I know that joined popular projects that did decently and eventually, you know, brought in some real profits from royalties and stuff. And what I can see is generally it just doesn't make sense to pay anybody at the beginning because you're taking out from the project's pocket money in which you need to reinvest in the project if you actually care about it. I've started many companies. And I promise you, you cannot continue your company without reinvesting most of your capital at first. When you start at the beginning, you're not exactly going to have seed investors and VC out the wazoo just handing you money for no reason. It's an extremely difficult thing to do. And a lot of people even dip into their own savings or go into debt to be able to maintain their businesses to pay it off in the long run. Sorry, I talk an immense amount. I really apologize for that, guys. Cool. Thanks so much for the contribution. I'd like to chime in and add some add some of my background to this question, if if possible. Could you please intro yourself really quick, uh, so that we know? <laughs> Thanks. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Valo. I'm part of part of the core team over at the Apocalyptic Apes. Uh, I specialize in in technology and cybersecurity. And outside of the project, my day job is working in a cybersecurity function. Uh, I've been doing that for a little over a decade. So. When it comes to the pay thing for mods, I think it's setting expectations, right? Uh, every project owner wants to handle the pay different, right? And my personal opinion is, you know, some, it might make sense to pay some mods. It might make sense to not pay some or take care of them in a different fashion. And I think you need to tie it back to the value they're adding to the, to the project, right? Similar to in a traditional sense, when you work for a company, um, not everyone is providing the same value to the company. Not everyone's going to be paid the same amount, right? So I, I think it's if you apply, you know, some of the basic compensation rules from the traditional business world, right, to, to this, these NFT projects, you can come to an arrangement where everyone is happy. But like Smokey had mentioned, right, if, if you're a startup, you might not be, you know, an NFT project that has a ton of money in the beginning. Depend, depends on the project, right? You might be able to pay people day one, you might not. Uh, sometimes you can take care of them with NFTs, like some people mentioned, but it just, personally, I think you should have a one-on-one -on -one with every mod that you bring in, find out their expectation for compensation and, and try and work with them on it. 
And, and, and to add on to that, I think what makes a good mod in general is someone who's a holder, right? They're personally invested. They want the project to moon because they, they will personally profit from it, right? And if you're looking for a good mod, I would recommend someone with a tech background, right? This is a tech space. Uh, community members are going to be asking tech questions, right? How do I move stuff to my wallet? They're going to, if you have someone that has a tech background, that's going to help you tremendously right there in that mod role. And that, that's kind of what I had uh, for that piece. Raman, do you know Valho? Have you met him before? No. Uh, he, he's some pretty good quality and he knows his stuff, uh, especially on the security side of things. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much for joining the space and asking for speaker permission uh, and for the uh, golden nuggets of information. Um, yeah, uh, we have a few people with raised hands. Vignesh wanted to ask something, or maybe he wants to remind me that I should announce something. Vignesh? <laughs> oh, okay, I'll leave the announcement up to you. But yeah, <laughs> I had like uh, more of a question to Gandalf. Like when he started off, he said, uh, yeah, they're having like a very hard time uh, finding good quality community managers. So like what, uh, like how do you... Uh, qualify someone as a good community manager when you're hiring like uh, you, you know like you've not worked with them like uh for a few weeks or something like that so like what uh, uh like you know like yeah what qualifies someone as a good community manager when you're hiring them it's it, no matter what i say to you it's not going to be a perfect recipe and to find the best community manager so so do bear with me here because you might find somebody that fits everything I say and they turn out to be rubbish or you might find somebody who doesn't fit what I say and they might be amazing. But the, the things that I look for when I'm looking now, community manager and a moderator are technically two different roles. So the community manager is normally the person who takes care of the, the entire community as a whole, uh, generally speaking, and will take care of things like the communication between the moderators and the team. They'll take care of making the final decisions on any issues that the mods might have, or they might be the ones to figure out how to communicate different messages, run certain events, engagement tools, things like that. Um, like Valo was saying, the, the more tech-focused, the better. I wouldn't say it's absolutely 100% critical, but if I had the choice, I would always look for somebody who has a tech background and tech focused. The only problem though, is the more tech focused they are, sometimes they will lack in people skills. So that can be a bit tricky. So trying to find that balance is, is a little bit tricky. Uh, so having understanding in tech and a way that that can sometimes in Valho, feel free to disagree with me here after I say this. But one thing that kind of helps me with that is if they've been in the space for a while, they may not necessarily have worked from the tech perspective, but they un might understand enough to to be able to manage, so to speak. Um, again, that's not saying that you need to hire somebody who's been in the space for five or 10 years. Um, I mean, you, you might find somebody who's got a tech background who's come in from just two months and they worked in the HR and uh or not HR, but like maybe community and get customer engagement in a tech focused uh, project, then they might be perfect for you. Uh, so tech focused, being able to manage community, being able to really be engaging on Twitter is often a really good indicator and not engaging like 
just saying good morning to everybody and getting lots of likes and retweets. Yeah. Being engaging. Just do retweets. <laughs> yes, I know. So being engaging in conversational topics and, and threads that make a difference. And sometimes I'll even look to see if people that I respect highly will actually engage with them. Uh, and, and if they do, that says a lot to me. And it's not because it's, oh, you have to know the right people and, and you have to be friends with them. But generally speaking, what that will say to me is this person is around enough that these people who also know what makes a com good community manager and quality person in this space, they can recognize that of this person and they've kind of done that work for me. Does that make sense at all? Hey, hey, yeah, someone, that someone, made a lot yeah, of... like, it makes sense that, you know, like, uh, yeah, it's, it's not like a perfect uh, process because like a lot of it is like uh, people's skills. There's no like good yardstick to measure it. Yeah. Something I'd like to add on to that. So I think if you have two individuals uh, who you're considering for a mod and one of them has people skills, one of them has tech skills, I personally would go with the person that has people skills. Reason being, I believe it's much easier to teach people tech skills if they're willing to learn. I think people skills are much harder to teach, right? So if you're in that scenario, go with the people person. However, if you find someone that has both, that's, you know, almost a unicorn and you should grab them as quick as you can. Can I, I think that's it's, it's, the last what, part oh, which you said there, um, Grendel? I think when I hear this question, same as for me, right? Because I had the same with mods because I'm like in spaces and stuff and you just look at people or you just listening into spaces and you get to know the community and you get to make friends. I feel like being in different kind of um, Discord, but also starting a year ago already on Clubhouse with this, I've seen how teams have been building and how people then also um, pick, like, I, I don't know how to say the right mods, but the mods and the community manager managers, which is actually, most of them are super organic. Like some of my friends, like we're all linked to some um, someone else for some reason, like people know each other because even um, this community is super small, right? It's like our own bubble, our own world where we live in. So everyone kind of know each other. So I feel like the organic way is for me personally, the best way to go. Like if I would look right now for a moderator or for a manager, I um, probably will ask also one of my friends, which I already did. Like I just asked him in the DMs, like, hey, who do you think? Because they are also already know someone else that they probably know really well. So I know it may take a, a bit more time, but for me, the most like the answer is still because we're also early and it's annoying to say, but it's so true. Um, it's still being in this community, getting to know the people, getting to know what's going on. And I feel like that way you can pick organically your moderators and your community managers. And what I've seen happening, because we also work a lot, um, for example, with Toy Boogers, we just work across uh, communities. So like we work with like the Death Fellas or the Cool Cats or whatever, uh, which means like those communities get to know each other. So when they start a new project, they pick people who are already in the community to help them actually mod that new Discord. And that's for me the most organic way how people get to like um, employ like moderators and community managers because they're already in certain communities. So um, yeah, I, I, I think for me the answer is like just, be in a community and you get to know the people and then you will have a gut feeling who could be a good community manager of course next to the technical stuff which is is it a people person and 
are they really uh, technical when it also comes to Discord and stuff? But yeah. That, that is really true. And, and there's something I'd like to add, but I think, Lucky, you wanted to say something first. Yeah, yeah I, I was just going to add that at the end of the day, Vignesh, like, it all comes down to the human element. And as if you're a project creator and a project leader, like you set that tone, like nobody's going to come in and set that tone higher than you are. And they shouldn't, you set that gold standard. And, you know, if you want your mods to be people like people persons, then you have to set that example. And even if you're not the most perfect at it, I think just the attempts to hop into spaces, ask people questions, always be learning, always be asking questions makes up a whole lot for a lack of knowledge or experience in, in some, in some categories. And it gives you an opportunity to kind of learn the kind of work you will be giving to other people. Uh, I myself, I'm in this 17 hours a day. Like I'm on spaces at least no less than five hours a day, averaging for the past week, like 10 hours a day, either listening, either talking, DMing with people, collaborating with people, and trying to understand more and more and more so that when I go on to build out the team, I know what kinds of responsibilities to delegate and I know what kind of training and support to provide for people trying to essentially grow and replicate what has been working up until the point of expansion. Because while not everything that gets you to a certain point will continue to work, you will have certain things that you want to keep doing and you want them to be done with the same high quality standard like i know this is in, in some directions a false equivalency but it's kind of the, you think of like a franchise restaurant that runs really tight ships and they make sure any location you go to they all have like the same kinds of napkins and they're all folded the same way and they go and they make sure like under the re waste receptacle is like perfectly clean and then you have the same three ingredients or the same three sauce toppings at every single they've created a standardized process not so well on one hand for, for cost reduction, but largely to create and give you that comfort of the same expectation when you're coming in, because the people that are going to be growing with you in the beginning, you're going to want them to stick around. And you don't want them to see a drop in the community quality. Yeah, absolutely. And, and actually, there's something that Zoe said that really reminded me of, of something that I think is really, 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 really important to get across to a lot of new projects that are coming up. And that is don't mint, don't launch until you have your community sorted out. There is no need to launch by a particular date. Build your community, get to know them. From there, you'll get some, like Zoe was saying, you'll get some organic people who come through and kind of shine through and can be brought up as mods and maybe even a community manager. Build that up first and then do your launch and then do your mint. And it might mean that, sure, you get delayed a couple of months or three months or or you don't even have a set date until you've got your community sorted out. But it's, I can't stress enough how much that will impact your project during mint and after mint. And if you set a date and then start building out your project, and your community, sorry, if you start, if you set a date, then start building out your community, it's going to be stressful. You're going to feel a lot of pressure to, to try and meet that date, which will be very, very difficult. Just generally speaking, it's always going to be difficult. And you're not going to have the structure in place for your mods. Then you can, you're going to be trying to build your community, get that engagement, get the sustainability, get the mods going, 
all at the same time while you're minting. Then you're going to, after mint, you're not going to be able to take a rest. You're going to be even more busy. You're going to have so much more work to do. You're going to have to grow your team as well. You're going to have to build out processes. You're going to have to have project managers. Uh, the list goes on. Um, so please build your community, take your time. When your community is sustainable and you've got it, the structure set up in place properly, then think about launching. What Gandalf just described is pretty much a straight road to burnout. And when you burn out, you leave the, you leave the discord as an owner. Uh, what what Jerry described earlier. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I just wanted to give a opportunity to everyone to speak who jo- who joined. So we have Caroline as well. Uh, she had her hand raised for some time. Uh, please unmute yourself. Make a quick intro. Ask a question. Share your uh, journey so far. Hola. Hello. <laughs> it's nice to see you all. I saw some friends in here, so I wanted to jump in, and uh, I love this subject. And this is also something that I've been working on. So I was just listening in on Lucky, on Zoe, on Gandalf, and um, I can only agree. It's really good to find your community managers organically and also via other discords. Um, not necessarily like taking them away from there, but just meeting maybe people that are active in another Discord who you think like, oh, they, they might actually be good for mine. Although I have tried this and often they're already quite busy, so <laughs> didn't work out so far. But still, it gives you a good idea of what a good community manager also is, just to see them in other Discords and how they function and what they're doing and how they communicate. So it gives you an idea of the ones that you want. Um, and then I just wanted to touch on the last thing that Gandalf just said about not choosing your mint date because indeed the community is so important. Like right now with my project, I've said it's coming in March and I might actually change that later to either another date or I might take it away again. I'm not even sure if I'm going to keep it up there. Although I feel like March right now for us is a doable, um, a doable time frame, because indeed the community has started to grow and we've been growing it for four months now. So it does take some time. And at some point you start seeing also what you really need. So I find this really interesting. I was checking out your profile Amon, and the, with the crypto jobs list. And honestly, I think like this is, I don't know. I haven't been able to check out the website yet because I jumped in there. I checked out your profile, but not the website yet. But there is such a need for good managers, uh, people who can really set up secure discords. That's something that I'm very like intrigued by right now because I set up my like honestly, I had no idea how to set up a or uh, a Discord server. So I ordered like a Discord server service on Fiverr to get it up, and now. <laughs> And I've been making so much changes and people have been advising me on what to throw out because there was so much junk. <laughs> so anybody don't do that. <laughs> I, I think uh, just to comment really quick, I think Gandalf should start and, and Walho and uh, anyone else here should start like a Coursera course on <laughs> how to how to manage Already this started. server. Come again. I'm actually, yeah. I, I'm actually, hi, Caroline. Good to see you again. And um, maybe I need to talk with you about your Discord. Um, <laughs> Ramin, funny you mentioned that because I actually have a team that I'm putting together. Uh, it's going to be ready in, in a couple of weeks of very, very high quality commun- community managers uh, that have managed some some fairly large projects and have been in the space for a very long time uh, and have lots of skills on marketing and everything and Discord devs, and we're going to be building it out specifically to hire out to projects that need that support so that they don't have to go to Fiverr 
and find a, a Discord building service. Uh, and then on top of that, building out some free products and free documentation on guides, step-by-step -step guides with screenshots on how to set up a server securely, how to uh, onboard mods. Uh, I've got a, a mod Bible, which is about 50 pages long for community managers to, to go through and pull out the information they need to go through with their mods because mod education is a very, very serious thing and needs to be done correctly. So um, I yeah, agree with I you. Wish, I wish exactly like that, that I had had that. Fortunately enough with the Fiverr, the only thing I did was just like the, the setup. So this guy really just imported like a template obviously. So I was stupid, but I had no idea about this stuff. But it's so important and also being able to offer the service because I think, for example, for me with my project, obviously I have barely any funds, so I could almost not pay for a team. But I think there's plenty who already have something set up and who would be able to pay for it. And it's a very worthy investment, in my opinion. So like if I had a little bit more, I would not even doubt it for a second but I would run with it because it's so important and if you have because that actually goes further than just a setup right you have to secure discord but you also have people really helping you to build it out at first and if you say they are like community managers they know how to sort of set up the conversation make sure that the engagements get started and that is such an important part of it so if you can have like a team that is well vetted and that has experience with it then if you think your project is going to be a success, well, and, and if you are like a bigger project, then it's so worth the upfront investment probably. And it's always a risk because you don't know if it's going to work out. And I also think that you as a team, Gandalf, you guys have to vet out the projects that you want to work with. But yeah, absolutely. I think there's so much market for that. Can the I say that? Jobs I... Is. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I actually... Um... Because I'm doing my own Discord, like I always say, I'm a one-woman army, and it sounds more romantic than it is because it's not. It's a lot of work. Um, so I'm yeah. just, yeah, I'm just organically gathering a team right now. But what helped for me was actually um, YouTube, to be honest. And I did it when I was 15, right? Then I also learned myself the Adobe programs and stuff. So I actually use YouTube uh, to do also my Discord. Um, I have a lot to learn still. Um, but also when it comes up to like setting a team, because I launch a small project, it's not like a big collectible, because I think you have a big collectible, like mine is only like less than 500 tokens. So um, I didn't have like needed a whole team, but I um, actually also started with zero. Like after that, I got like after launching, I got a little bit of eat. So then I hired like a 3D designer to make the product in like 3D, but I literally started with zero eat, so it can be done. It's just a lot of work. Uh, but I think on the way, you also meet people who want to team up with you and want to help you. But it is super hard. So I, I think you're absolutely right. It's super hard to find the right people because this space is so young. So for most people, it's like, why would I do that if I can set everything up myself? And also, like, because most of us are artists, right? So it's a little bit difficult but I think it comes also down to equity and that's maybe more a business kind of side where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm willing because for me, it's my baby. And like what I'm doing, I make those bags back in 2013. So I'm like, okay, am I willing to split it? And the answer is yes, because I rather own like a small or a, a good portion of something that's really big than hundred percent of something that's super small. Right. So then it comes down to equity and being like, I'm, I'm a startup. And if you step in, I'm willing to give you that much percentage. And yeah, then 
hopefully you find the right people who are going to work as hard as you do. And we all know it really never is like that, right? Um, yeah, 100%. I relate like yeah. with everything you say. Because I've also but I guess it's just organically. organically now. Yeah, yeah it, exactly. It I guess it's organic building again. That's like the thing we're going to like look at it. Uh, at it this way because we are so small like what is it two percentage or something of the whole world population and we're starting at some it means that there's so many opportunities um that's why this phase moves so quickly um but look at it this way maybe it's hard right now to find the right people but as we are building teams right now and this phase is going to get bigger it's going to get easier right because those people are it sounds maybe a bit effed up but that's why i think wag me is definitely true because the people coming in a few years from now are actually going to be people who probably mostly look for a job in web3 and then it becomes hopefully a bit easier for us to find the right people to work with but we are the um the like how do you say the ground players right now so it's a bit more difficult for us because just like with smart contracts we try to learn them and now you have manifold like everything gets a bit more easier um so really love and respect to everyone right now building because it's not easy yeah and also i must say like what you said about um like right now you found many people organically and I, I think that even if you look at it as like the business and if you have a way bigger project and if you're not like a one-on-one -on -one artist or just an artist making like a big production, whatever, if you are going for like a PFP project, um, because I imagine that those are the ones that would earlier be the ones that Gandalf focuses on with these bigger teams. But even then, starting out organically with just like the the team behind it is probably the best because then you can set the tone and really define who you want as your audience so even then i think that's the best approach i know i was jumping in before like somebody else wants to come up so i will shut up now are you dutch I completely agree yeah 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 absolutely oh, i, <laughs> I heard it by your accent <laughs> cool uh i just I wanted a super strong dutch accent and i've decided to be okay with it and even proud of it i used to hate it when i was growing up i was like i want a british accent and i'm like you know what <laughs> whatever this is me <laughs> uh, um, okay i'm not alone in this then <laughs> uh, i just i just wanted uh yeah thanks so much caroline and zoe for for this conversation really engaging i just wanted to point out something that uh this space has been live for two hours and it's been super amazing uh, so far so really appreciate everyone uh, sharing their knowledge experience and wisdom and uh, kind of the what we do during these spaces every week is uh, again we, we give out as well Pope uh, tokens as like just sign of appreciation and just you know uh, to reward people in some ways uh, yeah and again they're free to mint uh, so you can you can just mint them and uh, again like Vignesh was helping me out as well with, with requesting them from uh, Pope and um yeah they always give us not enough <laughs> so uh but anyway so i'm just going to share the instructions how to claim them this time and uh it's also going to be an excellent opportunity to get familiar with the website <laughs> going back to what caroline uh, mentioned that so yeah if you're at your laptop or on your phone uh, kind of this is the time so anyway so the way you claim uh pope for this for today's event for this current event is basically you need to go to cryptojobslist.com and then find crypto jobs list company page on crypto jobs list i know it sounds meta but <laughs> crypto jobs list also hire is hiring on crypto jobs list so anyway you need to find um our company page within our website and there you will see like a widget where you enter your email and twitter uh, handle and we'll send you a pope redemption a redemption link 
uh, I think we have uh, 200 of them. And uh, yeah, hope it's going to be enough for everyone. Right now we have uh, 117 people um, in, uh, in the channel. So hopefully uh, everyone will manage to uh, claim them um, as, uh, you know, within reasonable a period of time. Uh, we did notice that uh, during first events that we organized, I think people were kind of maybe double claiming them. So we were, we were trying to create uh, methods to make it easier, uh, to, sorry, to make it harder to, um, to kind of spoof or double claim and to make it easier to uh, claim if you've been kind of engaged with the space. Uh, yeah, that's my kind of uh, quick, uh, quick comment. Uh, let me know if, if you have any issues uh, doing that. Um, and again, we're, we're not trying to make it too easy uh, just for those who are engaged and uh, being around uh, and following the space and following these uh, Twitter spaces. Um, yeah, again, we, we've been doing them weekly and this Twitter space today is more of an experimental where uh, everyone's just talking about community management and I think this has been amazing. We should be doing more of these. Um, yeah. <laughs> Let's see, uh, who else did not have a chance uh, to speak? Uh, Alibaba, I feel, had a uh, hand raised for quite some time, but did not have a chance to speak. If you quickly can introduce yourself uh, without shilling too much, ideally, and uh, just share maybe some questions or um, uh, you know, tips on what had been said earlier, or just general tips on community management, maybe silver bullets that you've discovered. Yeah, Alibaba, just unmute yourself. There we go. Oh, yeah. Um, good day, everyone. I'm Alibaba. I'm from Nigeria. I have been, I've, I, I transitioned from the real estate um, industry to um, Web3. And I just want to make an observation from what I've learned so far in the community. Um, I think um, community management should also entail education. Because what you have lately is practically every project wants engagement on their platforms. But then those platforms have are just so centered on their project alone. And the fact that this, this ecosystem is still young and is still upcoming, I think there's need for community managers, for project owners to also include education into their projects. That way, when you're having people subscribing to your channels or to your platforms they are not just going to learn about your project they're also going to learn about the web3 itself is it going to be about cryptocom is it going to be about nft is it going to be about um layers is it going to be anything but then they need to be more education that education thing i think that education part is what is usually absent from a lot of projects all they get to do is just try to promote their project anyway i understand that you know everybody wants to promote his project but then what how do you rationalize a platform having 50,000 subscribers or users, but then on the date of means, you have less than 15 or 20% of your collectibles to be maintained, which means that most people are there, but either are not active or are not part of the community. So that way, when you have people's engagement, you are teaching people, even if they get to mint or if they're, if they're going to be part of your project, fine and good. And if not, they are still going to learn from your platform. So that's what I have as an observation. And I think project owners should look at for this as an addendum to their programs. Thank you, everyone. I think that's a really good point. And that what you've said, Alibaba, is essentially when you get a project that has done crazy community growth, but they haven't focused on who their target audience is, 
and uh, and so they've got this crazy crazy growth, but most of them are either fake, they're bots, disinterested, or don't understand the project. <laughs> and all of that is essentially saying that they're not your target audience. And so a project with two thousand in your Discord or or wherever it ends up being that you're hosting your community can sell out, whereas a project with fifty thousand or a hundred thousand might not, uh, depending on how they've marketed to their target audience. Absolutely. If I can add to that real quick, um, it's all about the relationship that you're building with people. I think it's very easy to get caught up in. I just got caught up in the fact that we crossed uh, a thousand followers on our Twitter account today. But then like I was quickly sobered through a conversation I had with somebody that I met very early in this game. And, and he reminded me, well, it, it, it th those milestones are important, um, but it really is about the depth of those relationships. Like kind of don't forget that. And I, it was, it was fantastic. So literally past five, six hours in my mind, I've just been thinking about, okay, how do we deepen these relationships? How do we um, basically connect on a level that's greater than by my project? And I, I think it's, it's both an inspiration and a challenge. Yeah, I'll add something to that. So, so I think it comes down to one, your project having, you know, real world value and utility and then building a community and a family, right? I have to use the word family. I think Apocalypse of Apes, we're, I consider it to be my family. Um, and, you know, there's a few things that you can do to, to make it feel that way, right? So picking the right people, having the right team behind you uh, certainly helps you get there. Cool. So, someone had a, was about to ask a question on NFT. Gaga wanted to contribute. Yeah, I'd like to ask a question. So, you guys have been saying like setting standards and building like having a family. So, do you guys think uh, like creating a community culture is something that we should think about and like set that standard instead of like being like this is how I do it and you should do like this instead of that like being like okay we are this. Uh, community in this niche for example and uh, let's uh, learn together since this is a new space let's learn together how to create a culture around this and uh, I think uh, yeah that could be a, a way of looking at that and I another thing I'd like to point out is uh, regarding uh, uh, onboarding mods or like the community managers I'm not a, a, a NFT creator yet, <laughs> collection creator, but uh, the way, for example, how I got, um, became a moderator, it, because I was a community member, I was super passionate about the project. And when I approached the founder and I said, I am super passionate about what you're doing, uh, I'd love to help you. And so that's how I became a moderator. And I think uh, the reason why this could be interesting to hire moderators from uh, your own community, because first they came to the community because they had interest in what you're doing. And second, if uh, he approached you and say, hey, I'm ready to volunteer uh, because I believe in your project. I love what you're doing. That means uh, 
and maybe later on you can hire him but for sure that person will stay with you for a long time because you don't want to I don't think you want to mint and then the person getting his um, pre-sale spots and then moving on to another project and things like that I think uh, you know like it could be interesting to look uh, like uh, one year from now two years from now like I want to keep these type of people with me so that could be something to think about I'm again I'm super new to this space I am also lear just learning and, and a third thing I would like to say to Zoe Zoe actually I am in your discord <laughs> we were on other spaces the other day and I love the way how you set up your discord it looks very visually it looks so beautiful it's just I'm in love I've never seen a discord set up like yours yet so I think you're doing oh. such a good job. And I actually, are you the one who created it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. I like, love the way how you set it up. Yeah. If I'm... I will be setting up my Discord, I say to myself, this is an example how I would like to do it. <laughs> I'm actually not finished at all because I'm literally in this space while um, working on my Discord. But you're the type of person I'm doing this for because I said to people like, Discord should cater to your community, right? Mine mm. is not, oh, now there's lots of people entering. <laughs> Mine is maybe not um, um, crazy crowded as a 10K project or whatever project, but that's because mine is catering to people who are visual. So when you said this is visual, like the aesthetic is pleasing, I'm like, oh my God, thank you. It, is. it isn't there yet because trust me, there needs to be much more things um, in the Discord. So everyone who's entering, I'm still under construction. But thank you so much for that compliment because um, yes. that really gives me like the power to continue because yeah yes you're doing you. such a great job i really loved it i'm not really active in your discord yet but i joined like a week ago so um i'll try to be more active uh, so so that's it, don't get I mad wanted. if mine starts to look like yours <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're actually working on um on getting it more active because i was i'm working on so many things that I was mostly working on production of my product. And now we're making a plan, like how to get a Discord active. And with that, I want to advise so many people to be a moderator in other Discords, because then you actually learn how to maintain a, um, a, like a Discord community. Because having collector is one thing, but actually building that community is like a whole different story. Yeah, yeah Zoe, full disclosure, I copied the Board Ape Yacht Club's Discord server when I set mine up. And then like a month in, like I started like making adjustments as I went. So anybody that's shy about where to start, sometimes you just got to look at the one of the one of the gold standards. Yeah, quick, super quick uh, Twitter housekeeping. Uh, Twitter has a limit of 12 speakers in Twitter spaces. So I'll be demoting someone or removing them from speakers. Please don't be offended. Hope you had a fun time. I'll just want to give people. You, um, uh, you can take me down if you want specifically. Hey, Ramen, uh, I'll go ahead and step down. I wow, this, this is very generous of you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Robin, thanks, I, I'm going to step out too me. so I can continue cross-pollinating. <laughs> <ideas. laughs> I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I, I feel now everyone's leaving. I wanted to say the same. <laughs> no, no, leave me as well. Honestly. I'll tell you the truth. It's it's eight thirty here. I've been working all night, and uh, my mods all just woke up from their time zone. So I think I'm gonna let my mods do their work. They're good people, and uh, I'm gonna let them do their thing, as we awesome. said tonight. You know, awesome, <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Thanks so much, Smokey. Thanks for your contribution. my uh, my backbone is ringing, so <laughs> I gotta run anyway. Awesome. Thanks so much, Valho. Yep. See you again in the space. 
Thank uh, you. Make sure Thank to you claim so your much. Pope if you're interested in that. Uh, okay, I'm trying to re-add people who were Thanks, pending. Um, who were pending. All right, uh, let's see. All right, cool. Uh, well, it's great that we still have uh, very active people staying with us. <laughs> uh, but I, I was very surprised that Aaron just decided to like, I'll, I'll go down first, you know, please remove me. That is, that is, uh, I think, a super uh, high quality sign that people are uh, being good and doing good to others. All right. Um, we have uh, Manbeer just joined us. Um, please introduce yourself really quick uh, without too much shilling uh, and just share what your project is about. There's also Java. I'm recognizing you that you're, you've been around. Uh, you, can, you can talk as well if man, Manbeer is being too slow. <laughs> Hey, Ramon. Uh, uh, I'm not sure who's speaking right now. Uh, Malbear? Hey, I'm Audible. Cool, Malbear, right? Uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, please introduce yourself. Yeah, hey, uh, What are you working on? Hey. Yeah, hi everyone. Uh, I am Manbir and I'm based out of Delhi. And uh, I'm currently working with Consensus as a community lead for MetaMask. And uh, yeah, great to hear from you all. And uh, I'm currently working on some of the initiatives to basically introduce crypto and blockchain to more beginners, to onboard more beginners into this ecosystem, to help them make aware and uh, yeah, to make them educated and get into this ecosystem in a more responsible way. And uh, working on a couple of growth initiatives, a couple of uh, events, a couple of community initiatives. But yeah, I would love to hear from you. Have you all been using MetaMask and uh, what all do you love about it? Right. Uh, I've got a question. Uh, so how long have you been with Consensus? So it's been a, a few months since I've joined Consensus, but uh, previously I've worked with Binance for a short while over a fixed term contract. Cool. Interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think like one of, you know, by the nature of MetaMask and MetaMask on Twitter has been, you know, you post anything about MetaMask, you get like a thousand people, uh, <laughs> a thousand, <laughs> yeah. thousand bots. So yeah, right, bots, support right. things. So like, I think, the, I hope you don't get offended, but like the natural question yeah, yeah, is of like, course. how yeah. do we know <laughs> that you actually work with consensus? And I'm, I hope you're getting these yeah. questions, but yeah, yeah, yeah I'm like, getting that. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, uh, how do you get to know that I'm working with Consensus? I mean, yeah, you may find me on there on Discord server and uh, you may see, you know, some tags like admin, MetaMask team and all that uh, within the Consensus server. And then, yeah, uh, uh, like, you know, the fact that you brought up that uh, bots start to respond whenever we mention MetaMask on Twitter. That's something that we are trying to deal with. And uh, yeah, even even we are uh, like, that's a headache, right? Um, and yeah, we are, we are trying to solve that, uh, especially, you know, beginners who are trying to get into, into the space that would be uh, risky as well as, you know, demotivating for them. But yeah, we'll be introducing a feature soon that would, you know, uh, respond to the uh, to that resp uh, response. I mean, reply or anything that uh, asks for you, you know, users to fill out a form or send send out an email, and that would respond to only use uh, official support channels. That is support.metamask.io to get in touch with anything related to you know support. Cool. Sorry, I'm multitasking. Awesome. Uh, I think like one of the interesting points, like the bigger the bigger the project gets, 
like it becomes very hard for people for the leaders of the projects to verify that yeah. they are they. Like I remember there were situations where Vitalik would join certain chat. Uh, yeah no. and like no one believes that it's actually him but it's actually him <laughs> so, yeah yeah I, i can completely understand <laughs> yeah uh which, which which is very very funny it's like a problems of of uh, getting a bit too much uh, attention or maybe successful to a certain extent but yeah we'll, we'll, we're gonna take a leap of faith and i hope that you're actually working with uh, you know please don't get offended you know that's the nature of the of this industry <laughs> yeah yeah of course it's it's Uh, it's uh, your right and it's a right of every person to question and to yeah. uh, verify the legitimacy so yeah i'm i'm completely with you on yeah. that i i wonder i wonder if projects uh, should come up with some additional ways of like verify uh, that their te- their team members on twitter like i don't know what maybe with like signing their their um whatever their keys and like publishing that as a proof on 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 their twitter accounts so that you know in addition to actually verify twitter accounts which are impossible to get or i don't know some people are getting it and i don't know understand why yeah <laughs> or how they yeah, so I, i i do think there could be uh, a couple of potential solutions that could you know verify that for example a simple solution that does not even involve blockchain would be like to list out the the team members on the company's website and to add their uh, basically the their handle so for example in my case that's manbeer marwa so they could simply add that handle on uh, alongside my name and profile picture right and the other solution could be uh, could be uh, people basically employees verifying their pfp and uh, getting the you know getting an nft uh, up on their profiles and then uh, the companies could in some way verify that uh, this contract held by this this person uh, is is like uh, this person hold this nft and the, this person is verified and don't look out for anyone else uh, apart from this person who uh, i mean anyone who else who might uh, try to you know impersonate him or her interesting this is actually sorry ganof wanted to say something but uh, if you go ahead i had some ideas in mind uh, that i wanted to add um, ganof go ahead uh what would be say uh, yeah sure sure i think i think the idea of like the using uh, nft as a, like pfp since like twitter uh, allows doing it now but creating a kind of like uh non-transferable nfts which might sound lame but non-transferable nft where like an organization can transfer it to your wallet and then you cannot like move it to someone else right and so it's kind of almost like a verification or certification so like i can transfer if i am consensus i'm transferring my this nft off you know uh being an employee of consensus to manbeer and manbeer just sets it up as a like twitter profile pic uh and we kind of all know that you know he's probably part of consensus since he's got the uh, nft set up it's all it's all signed transferred secured by the chain um yeah j- just like a random idea <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Simple non-transferable token that can be burned by the creators so that if you get fired or leave they just burn it. And awesome. yeah, uh, on a PFP. Creating a new Discord server um <laughs> in like <laughs> you you get the joke, I hope. Uh <laughs> launching a new project right yeah. now as we speak. Yep. Yep. <laughs> cool. Uh I I think uh any questions for Manbeer? I I think I I would have a lot of questions but I would let other people ask uh questions.
lot of people should have questions around like what it's like to be working in consensus. <laughs> one one quick announcement or uh, one quick share that I have. Uh, if it uh, from the audience, anyone is working to you know educate people about this ecosystem, about blockchain and crypto, or uh, especially if you're creating content around MetaMask or Ethereum ecosystem as a whole, uh, at Consensus we are running an ambassador program. And uh, we offer incentives, we offer uh, community support, and we'll, we would love to onboard you as an ambassador, especially when you, if you're trying to, you know, uh, educate people on how to build in this ecosystem. So yeah, do hit me up. Uh, I, I wanted to ask if, if Consensus is still running Consensus Academy. I remember that used to be a pretty good place to learn yeah, uh, yeah. engineering. We are, we are definitely, thing? we are running Consensus Academy and you may check that out on our, on our website as well. Cool. Uh, hi, Manveer. Good evening. Hey. Uh, hey. Uh, so I'm the meme lord for Crypto Jobs List. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So now, <laughs> yeah. So uh, in, in Consensus, or uh, my question was, see, uh, we, as a community manager or anybody who's handling communities, they should be yeah. having a good uh, content for better community engagement. And like in the wise words of Elon, uh, who he who controls the memes controls the universe. Right. Absolutely. But, <laughs> so, uh, so, so my, well, how can we better, like, how can we get better at getting more engaging responses and posts in the community, which means uh, like you post something and people don't usually react. So how do I get them to better interact with us with Crypto Jobs List? Thank you. Anybody can answer this. Sure. So I can I can take it up for first and uh, anyone uh, may add pointers to that. Uh, the way I look at it is basically try to incentivize people. Uh, I mean, your community members who would love to create content for you. Uh, and it could be anything that they would like to create. It could be blog posts, it could be videos, it could be memes. Uh, so yeah, try to leverage their potential and try to, uh, you know, uh, get them at the front and then try to provide some sort of incentives to them uh, so that they feel that they're, what, what, what value they're providing, they are, you know, they're appreciated for that as well as they, they are also getting something out of it. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you, Manbi, for that. But, oh, and uh, my question was, do we really need to you know, run these paid marketing campaigns? Like you post something and then you have those uh, paid marketing stuff. Like, is that, is that the only way through which you can gain a response, a community response back either on Twitter or Discord? Like, or is there any work around? Sure. So paid marketing campaigns are a good way to, uh, you know, to tap the untouched audience uh, to get more people to know about the product. But yeah, that's not the that's definitely not the only way. And that's obviously not the best way to get the audience and to keep them hooked and to keep them engaged. So to keep them engaged is to, I would say, to keep providing value to them in some way. Can yeah, I, I just want to just want to creep quickly comment as well and i'll i recognize Zoe. i'll give you a voice as well uh yeah just i think just posting engaging content and funny memes is is is, is a great way to to do and i think uh, ash been doing a fantastic job as well with uh, coming up with great memes for for cgl 
Uh, I've been doing my best as well to, you know, steal memes from the relevant subreddits, uh, which we've been doing pretty well. Uh, I'll, I'll share one meme that is pretty funny uh, that is actually related to copying. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, sorry, Zora, go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to say something on the topic of um, paying actually advertisement in this space. I actually think that's the worst idea, to be honest. Maybe later on it could be something smart to do, but from the use cases right now, if you pay advertisement, because there's many people in our DMs asking, like, do you want me to promote your project? And when they do, there's a lot of bots who will come and um, like click the likes, like they have certain ways to do it. And it actually kill, kills your engagement. Like it totally dies because those are not really real people who are engaging with you, which means that you're going to lose it, um, the people that you are engaging with. So it comes again for me back to making sure you're doing the work, which is being in these kind of spaces and actually in the Discord communities, communicating with um, uh, like other um, communities there and in spaces with other communities. And then people organically get to know you and your project. And I feel like that's how many people did it. And of course, there's other ways around it because you have influencers that you can make deals with. Let's be super honest about those things. You can do those kind of things, but then it's more um, human generated. Um, and those are more people in a community who will do it and not bots or computers. Um, it actually kills your engagement to do that. I would um, organically build it up in this space and then see if you can find like a, a promoter or not a promoter, but an influencer who wants to be on board. And there are certain shows who do that here. Um, even if you still pay them or tokenize them to promote your project it's still a bit more real or it's still real than having like a bot here on um, Twitter posting something and killing your engagement Absolutely. I, I, sorry I just, I just wanted to uh, add about like pay, paid ads uh, I myself don't have much experience with them I've like pretty much never ran them but I, I see a lot of them uh, showing up in my Instagram and like in the Facebook feed where I open it uh, around like NFT projects and realistically speaking, uh, and just take it purely from kind of, I understand why is it happening. And I think a lot of founders who are starting from like ground up, uh, kind of sometimes they get a bit too afraid to run ads. And I think I'm one of those people uh, because I think it's really important to start build like build some core community from scratch and uh, make sure that the people are, you know, engaged. People are there for a reason. There is some substance in the project. Uh, the more substance, the better. I think later on, it will not harm if you really, really know whom you are targeting to use some of the ads uh, to drive a bit more wider reach. But again, I would really discourage that doing from like day zero when you barely know what you're actually building, where you even have no idea what what kind of project or what kind of people you want to attract um yeah again these are these are like my two uh kind of two cents uh two sats based on uh, kind of overview of what i've seen yeah. so far. i think, Gandalf, I think he has you, experience in this yeah um i think the first thing you should be asking is why are you wanting that engagement uh and i'm sorry to be well if you've already got a community is it to keep them engaged or is it to try and do outreach if it's to do outreach, which, correct me if I'm wrong, but is possibly what you're trying to do to get a, a more visible presence, um, especially if you're talking about Twitter and things like that, then you'd need to ask yourself, well, 
what is your target audience? And I, I know I keep saying this, but I can't stress enough that it is really important to understand what your target audience is, sorry, who they are, and that will drive your marketing strategy. And to figure out who your target audience is, there are two main questions that you'll want to ask yourself. One is, what is your goal as a, uh, for the project? And the second one is, what do you see the goal or the purpose of the people who are buying into your project to have? And so once you can answer that, that'll start to dictate who your target audience is. That target audience will then dictate what sort of marketing strategies you do. And just for example, if you're focusing more on the traditional audience uh, in, in Web2 and, and in, in real life, then yeah, paid advertising is something that can work, whether it be Facebook ads, uh, Brave ads are one of the most effective paid advertising that I've ever seen. They have a click-through rate. If you if you have some really good ads, they can have a click-through rate of maybe 13, 14%, which is very high. Uh, anyone who's done paid advertising will, like normally you'll get maybe one to 3% click-through rate. So it's super high. With uh, Brave, you can do ads on CoinGecko and it also depends on whether you're doing um, brand awareness or conversions because brand awareness, paid ads are great for that. But say on CoinGecko, for example, where the click-through rates might be between 0.5 and, and 1%, uh, depending on how good your ads are, they're not going to get the conversions for you. Whereas for Brave, it might not be as good for the brand awareness, but it's really, really good for that conversion factor. Uh, if you're focusing more on the, the Web3 space and, and the crypto natives, then paid ads are not going to be as effective because there's a very strong focus on that organic, that trust, that reputation, that network. Um, and if you're not going to go with the paid ads route and you're going to focus on the brand awareness and that outreach and that conversion for the Web3 space, then do be careful even so, as I was saying about the paid ads, do be careful about that, but also be careful about reaching out to influencers because they can have a similar impact. Many influencers in the space will have massive followings, but those followings will do the exact same thing that paid ads will do in that it will kill your engagement. So the way Twitter works, for example, is any post that you do will be visible to maybe 20 or 30% of your audience, of your followership, and depending on how that performs, um, no, I, I was thinking that it only cut out for me. I I hope he's hearing it because I did want to say that I oh no he fell down. I mean like um don't let the influencer post something for you, right? I try to be as transparent as possible. People will might might shoot me. But what I mean is like have them host you a space. Oh, Edward, you have a hot mic. What I mean is like have them host you a space because those people coming into the space, they are those are actual people who will look at your product and at your project and follow you if they like it. So I don't mean like having a post and then it, it's dead, but have like the real people in this space who are actually supporting projects to host you are like, I don't know, something, but don't do the bots and stuff like that. Absolutely. And, and just to add to what Raman added, uh, the point where he brought up having substance. 
so that's that's so so important having substance for the not just the product but also for a community right community and marketing are totally uh, separate things i would say totally uh, unique uh, they bring totally unique aspects and uh, no amount of marketing can replace a community right uh, if we need to better understand what people want from a product from a community we need to put ourselves being a community manager out there in a community right marketing is uh, good for you know clicking the minds of of users of customers but to keep them hooked to keep them engaged for the long time to have them provide some value and to uh, to better understand what value uh, we can provide to them in the long term it's it's really important to uh, have a sustainable community and marketing is simply not the best way uh, to get that done right sorry i got drugged there uh did we move on or, or should i keep talking ramen <laughs> go ahead go ahead um uh what was the last thing you guys heard i'm sorry <laughs> i can say because i wanted to say like you're absolutely right with the influencers um but what i mean was like have them host you like a space or something like there are influencers who are generally like interested and that way you you're sure you don't have like bad bots and people like clicking likes and but not being real people because you were pointing out like um, influencers could do the same as those paid ads that are bots, right? And I, I agree with that if they post something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, spaces is going to be a much better approach for that. Um, sorry, I've lost my train of thought. So uh, I think I got caught up on how Twitter algorithms work, but it's probably not that relevant for this space right now. Um, the the other thing you can do is instead of focusing on uh, uh, driving engagement to a particular Twitter post by doing a giveaway or something like that um, and paying and incentivizing your community to do that, one way you can do that in, in kind of killing two birds with one stone is do something like a Twitter post with a giveaway, but partner up with a different Discord or a different project and say, hey, guys, we'd like to do a particular giveaway with you guys and we'll do the Twitter post and we'll manage the giveaway for you. Do you want to contribute anything? Yes or no? No. Um, can you, but you need to promote it in your Discord and we'll promote it in ours that we're partnering together for it. And so what you've now done is you've now, with very little cost yourself, hopefully, uh, if it's just NFTs or something, you've got yourself being visible in another project's community. You're also getting them to drive that engagement to your Twitter and to your Discord. And you're also providing value back to your own community in the sense that you're still doing that sort of giveaway, etc. And I think Manbia mentioned it, that ultimately you need to be providing that value back to your community. And it could be in the form of dollar value i.e. NFTs, ETH, tokens, whatever it ends up being. But it doesn't have to be. It can be things like, <clears throat> excuse me, um, whether it be a meme contest or a content creation or a derivative artwork or uh, give a title to this particular utility or give a name to this particular NFT. And if you win, then we will feature your work on our channel or we will give you a particular role or uh, we will give you bonus XP if you've got some sort of economy bot built into your Discord. Um, there, there's a whole range of different 
ways of adding value back to your community without it costing you a dollar. And that will drive engagement. I also believe in the organic way of doing it. Like it's free and it works. And because it's organic, that's also sustainable over time, right? That's right. Yeah, sustainability is, is a really important thing. Um, you can you can give people money, but you can't keep doing that. Exactly. You run out of money sooner or later, and people will start finding ways of cheating that your system and just you know draining your funds, creating duplicate accounts. Uh, so that is unsustainable, even if you have like a billion dollars in your account, then you're ready to give up. When you look at it, it's like what they say, right? Time is money. So either you invest the money, which I think in the beginning you sh shouldn't do, or you invest your time, which is going to be much more valuable. Your time is valuable um, in the first place. It's going to be much more valuable because you're going to connect with the audience and stuff like that. And then later you can probably um, replace that time for money, but I would right now put my time and energy in it. Yeah, I think at the beginning there was always, you know, to show signal, you you need to be just, you know, dedicating your own time and efforts and uh, people will see that, they will recognize that, they will understand that you're genuine and that you're not just, you know, throwing money at the problem. Uh, certain problems can be fixed that way, but not all of them. And, you know, in the end of the day, uh, money gives you satisfaction only to a certain extent. Um, you know, after that, people still search for meaning, search for purpose. And, uh, you know, you cannot attract the best people just by throwing the most number of, you know, dollars at them, right? Like, people will go work for Elon, uh, maybe for a pay cut <laughs> after quitting, you know, their Google or some other, uh, you know, top paid job um, in, in the Valley or somewhere else or at some bank um, just because they believe in a certain purpose, right? So the same thing with, with projects that we are running uh, in crypto space and, uh, you know, whether you work in NFT, DeFi, uh, you know, in any of the Web3, whatever you want to call it, there is so much jargon out there. Um, I think you want to figure out what do you stand for, what are those values, uh, articulate those values very clearly to your community, to your followers, and you will attract the right people who are kind of on the same journey with you. Um, and, um, you know, they will back you up in a, you kind of, they will go with you through thick and thin. Um, yeah. Um, I think this is, uh, this has been, uh, three, no, two and a half hours, two hours, 45 minutes. <laughs> I'm trying my best to keep up the energy and, uh, kind of, you know, try to moderate a little bit further, but, um, yeah, again, this has uh, been amazing so far. Thanks so much, everyone. Thanks, Gandalf, Zoe, Caroline, Manbir, uh, NFT Gaga. Uh, I think there are several people who um, already left. Um, but yeah, uh, let, let's keep this going for at least maybe another 20 minutes. Let's see how everyone feels. But um, unfortunately, we probably cannot do this forever. We need to put a stop. And probably this is going to be, uh, this is going to be an opportunity for similar talk maybe like you know in a week or two weeks uh maybe even right now we can um yeah actually i think it might be a good time to like reflect on the conversation so far and maybe discuss like what can be done what went well today what can we do better next time and like what are the topics that we want to discuss or maybe like some prominent you know whatever community managers some projects that we want to like highlight and discuss them uh, what do you guys think what, what do you think was done well today uh what what could be improved the next time 
What should we do next time? I'm taking notes. You guys speak. <laughs> I'm thinking. I think the flow of the conversation was really nice. Um, also, what you did there by people first introducing themselves, that was really nice because usually we do know some people in this space already because um, we're like almost 24-7 here. But I remember in the beginning that people used to do that in rooms, like first introduce yourself, what you do. I think that was really a nice one, even if it was more um, natural for you. Usually it, it's not being done anymore in spaces. So definitely keep that um, one in. Awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah, I think uh, for a lot of spaces out there, they kind of have the same community going. So, uh, and in our case, we try to get kind of engaged very different communities. Like in a previ previous weeks, we, we would like interview a company, a different company every week and their, their followers will join and uh, we would have to like, no, not everyone knows each other yet. Uh, so I think introductions are great. Um, do you guys think that there are some certain things that we should uh, like change or do better next time or some topics that we should uh, bring up next time? Um, Gandalf, Zoe, Caroline, what do you guys think? Well, I haven't uh, heard the whole conversation, obviously. So where I stepped in, it started getting really good, at least, or maybe it already <laughs> was from the start. Um, so I don't really, ha yeah, I don't know. Did you discuss really different things in the beginning? Um, I think there will be a recording so you can listen to it again, if you'd like, if you have time. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think the structure was pretty much uh, kind of the same, but uh, I think it picked up definitely. Uh, Gandalf, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Sorry, well, Caroline, finish. Yeah, well, you were about to say something. So. Oh, I was opening my mic. Sure. Um, unless, Caroline, you want to finish it. No, I think, like, honestly, yeah, the things that I've heard that were touched on right now are all very good subjects. And for now, I wouldn't have any suggestions. I think for that, I would have to have been here from the start. Um, but I think you're doing a good job in hosting them and making sure everybody gets the mic, etc. So that's great. What you maybe also could do, because like you said, most um, of these spaces have communities that they already know. So maybe over time, as you get to know the people on stage and when they're not new, what a friend of mine does, Logic, he holds also this. I actually went from his space to this one uh, and his space is like almost five hours, seven, eight wow. hours long. And but he knows like we all met each other on Clubhouse and then he actually introduces the person, which works really nice because then he's like, oh, this is my friend Zoe. She does this and this and that. Or this is my friend Brandon because he already knows us. And then for the new people, you can still ask if they introduce yourself because it's so nice for the audience um, to have a little bit of background there. And maybe a nice topic is also from, for people coming in the space because I feel like lots of people are, are rushing themselves. To be like, oh my God, I need to make eat and I need to collect this project and I need to like launch my own project. And da -da -da. it's like, you have time to observe things. Maybe it's a good topic to talk about, okay, how do we deal with these kind of stresses um, that communities feel or people feel when they come into this community? And I think they need to do all the 500 things at a time because I feel like that's also going to be a big thing. Unfortunately, people um, have like mental health issues from it. At the same time, I also think that if it happened here, it probably happened somewhere else. Um, but it's really good that people in this community take care of mental health and they talk about it a lot. But separate from that, a good, good topic could just be that, like, when you come into the space, breathe, get to learn, do things organically. Like, there's no rush. Like, how are we going to do that as people in this community right now? 
good points, um, especially about mental health. I think my, there might be something there uh, we can discuss or maybe we can organize another Twitter space with mental health and crypto. <laughs> I think that's going to be uh, full of memes and full of, uh, yeah, crazy stories. <laughs> anyway, um, I think Rich, Rich Explorer has something to say. <laughs> I have to comment. Hey, yeah, thank you so much for inviting me over. And thanks for organizing this. I think it was it was really great. Uh, I actually did uh, learn a bunch of stuff. Um, and uh, and thanks, Aditya, for posting about it. Uh, so, uh, because of that, I got to know about this. So I think one, one quick call out from my side was like, I'm not sure if this is the right place, but some of us, like including me, have certain questions. So is there a way we can like, share our questions early on and maybe take those questions in in these twitter spaces right uh, i think it's a good good question uh good point um i think no one is stopping you from just commenting to our announcements and like hey i have a question upcoming if you can address it uh okay. we previously we were like openly encouraging people to actually do that like hey please comment under this tweet what are your questions <laughs> i don't think very many people did that but uh, uh, I, I definitely agree with you that people should ask questions in advance if they have questions. But in my experience, soliciting questions is, is, is usually very, very hard. Like, even if you ask for them, people are still like very shy. They sometimes not sure whether they want to ask or whether they want to ask uh, permission to, you know, to speak. Um, but yeah, I think uh, we can definitely do even a better job uh, at that. Uh, what, what do you feel? Should, are you talking mostly about like asking questions during the Twitter space itself or before it? So I think the idea is during or before is both are good because I think this is a great, uh, uh, like this Twitter space right now is a great place where I want to ask my question. But uh, I, I think maybe a lot of people would want to do the same. So maybe we can do it during the Twitter space before anything is fine till the time like the question goes to you guys. <laughs> yeah. Fran, just on yeah. that point, do you have a Discord server? Uh, uh, me? Uh, Ramen. Oh, yeah, yeah, we do. We do. Uh, if you go to... That... Mm -hmm. Sorry, I was just going to say, because that can be a, a, a um, fairly... Um, I can't think of the word, but... <laughs> Junior mod. <laughs> uh, no, that can be a fairly... Um, uh, I can't think of the word. It's too late in, in the middle of the night for me. Um, but a, a, a good way for people to, a non-confronting way for people to ask their question because in in Twitter posts, they can feel still a little bit like it's very public. Whereas if they go to your Discord, they might be more comfortable asking the question there. Um, and so there, I know a couple of spaces that do that and and that does seem to work well. Yeah. Um, very good point. Uh, if you, I'll use this opportunity to just attach a tweet uh, with the link to our Discord in case you guys want to join. But and yeah, I think that's, that a good, that's a good approach. Yeah, it helps okay. to get people into Discord too. Yeah, I think I think uh, that that both of that will help. Um, so on on that note, should I ask my question now? Do you wanna like continue? This yeah, please go for it because we, I think we're we, we're wrapping up. So go go. Okay. And then we'll continue okay, yeah, wrapping awesome. up. 
Okay, okay, it'll be really quick. So uh, I'm I'm also working on an NFT collection, and what we are trying to establish. I'm a software engineer uh, with six to eight years of back uh, of software engineering background. So I am building tools for the for the community. So what we are trying to establish is a community first project. Like everything is for the community, and in order to achieve that, um, we also do need great community managers or mods or something uh, to be a part of our core team who we can trust and like who who we can like uh, collaborate and it's been super hard for me to you know get those genuine people and talk to like i've been scheduling calls with a lot of people but that genuinity is just somewhere or somehow is kind of missing it's not kicking in so would love to know your thoughts and like how should i go about it and how should i find the right person or people but but the idea is like we just totally want to find a person who 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 loves community and who would have that community obsession that we have sorry i can't actually see what's going on cuz my screen's frozen so um ramen let me know if others are wanting to talk or if i should talk Sure. Uh, I can just briefly chip in, and then you can also contribute. Uh, I just want to say, like, I think it's an organic process that takes time, and you need to like just you know show people what are you working on, and more people will uh, get familiar with you, and they will make a decision whether they want to you know contribute and help mod your community or not. And it does not happen overnight. There is no uh, there is no like a magic button where you just like do it. I mean, I wish it existed, kind of. Part of the thing that we are trying to do at Crypto Jobs is like help connect people together uh, through either job listings or talent profiles or Twitter Spaces like this. But it's still it's still not out of magic, unfortunately. It's just the nature of how human beings are great. So it's not it's not very easy just to like attract the right person. Yeah, these are my two cents. Yadov, uh, uh, there is something that we haven't really touched on that I think is probably worth mentioning, and that is identifying exactly your niche. And your value add and being able to emotionally connect with your community uh and when i say sorry did he cut out or is it me i think it, he got cut out. oh again the wrecking <laughs> is back <laughs> i was loving what he was saying oh my god i'd love to listen and can i can I, because um, when he was saying that, I was like, yes, that is the topic because, um, oh, I want him to be back. Um, yeah. Because, yeah. I I had, really he'll come back. Uh, Gandalf just okay, yeah. like 20 joining. times every single, every single space. So it's okay. He will come back. Because I, I the actually... idea for the next spaces is I'll ship everyone a fiber optic connection before they join the space. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I... and an expensive microphone. <laughs> I had the same thing because I was in a space with like um, some of their European friends and they were talking about, we were like, it's a casual space. It's usually like on the Tuesdays and also on the um, Sundays or Wednesdays and Sundays. And it's one of my favorite spaces. And we were talking about, um, we talked about just NFT and anything and everything. And then at one point, oh, sorry, Caroline. Oh, and then at one point, um, um, I was like, because we were talking why people create things, right? When it comes to projects and other things. And I was like, yes, but I create things because I think it's beautiful. Like, I like things just to be beautiful. And then one of my friends was like, yeah, but it can be that. Like, what is beauty for you? Like, you need to go deeper into that. 
And then I told them, here's the funny thing. Most artists that I know in this space are also thinking that they create stuff from beauty. And I do understand that it comes from a different place. So what we artists need to learn, I think, is storytelling. And I think that's what Kendall wanted to say also. I think the storytelling part is so important because it helps you build your whole world. Literally, it helps you structure your world. Because if you, let's say in my case, I have a bag. And if I can tell the story of, okay, it's someone who likes pretty things. Of course, it's going to be lots of layers there. Oh, there he is. But of course, it's going to be lots of layers there. Welcome back. But then at least I know like, okay, if the bag is going to be in like a cafe, it's probably going to be like pretty pink flowers or whatever pretty it is to me, right? So it even helps you with your Discord. Like, how do you want your Discord to be? So storytelling is super important. So we actually hosted a space on storytelling and the space was like really like 200 people in this space. And it was ongoing because many artists, we need to know what storytelling is. And one of the key things I can give you is like do empathy mapping. Empathy mapping is going to be so good for you to know like, okay, this is the person. Like you can Google it. I literally have Googled it. Maybe I should post it and pin it on top. And then it will help you actually build the story around like your art or your product or whatever it is. And it will help you in visually in literally every and any way. So storytelling is big. And what Seth Godin said is for me super important because I'm a Seth Godin fan. Is like people like us do things like this, right? So if you can think like that, just with how Nike used it and Apple and stuff like that. So on that note, Gandalf, I really appreciate you bringing that up. Storytelling is huge. We need to like learn to storytell so that we can build. And there's so much I want to say still on that. One thing, okay, one thing. Because the topic of ourselves, of us artists and us telling our personal stories about, oh my God, I was born here and did this. And it's really nice, but... You actually need to tell the story about what you're doing. That's how you're going to attract your collectors. Look at the cool cats. Like they minted at 0.06, didn't go good. So it was 0.02, sold out. And then the community was building itself up. And then the cool cat became super big. And then the story of actually Cole, the artist behind the cool cat, added value then to the uh, cool cat community itself. That like your personal story will add much more value when you also build a story around your brand and then people get to know who is actually the person behind it. So it's not all about us all the time because it's about us taking maybe our story but generalizing it. Let's put it like like there's so much on this topic. I hope you're gonna do a room about like storytelling and things like that. Yeah, sorry. Good idea. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I keep rugging. My apologies to everybody. I know that's a bit annoying. Um, I caught most of what you said, Zoe, so please forgive me if, if I do repeat anything that, that you've already mentioned. Um, but I think you're you're pretty much in the same line of thought as what I was saying about build your identity up. Know exactly what the value is that you're trying to bring because if you don't or if you're not going to be doing that, your project is not going to succeed. Just as simple as that. You will not be able to succeed in this space if you don't have a value add. So understanding that is really, really important. That goes hand in hand with what Zoe was saying about that, that storytelling. Make people be able to connect with you with that value add that you're bringing. Get them emotionally involved. As soon as you start doing that, hello, people will want to... Uh, people will, hi Punk, uh, just give us a second. People will want to start to be involved in the project and start to help out because that will then allow you to to 
use their resources in a positive manner without it being a grind or hard work on their part because they're doing it because they want to because they're emotionally connected with you um and that's just the the simplest yeah. and easiest way to really promote your your community and build that up in a way that allows them to be involved like building out the mods and and building out your community manager team I'm going to pin it, um, by the way, but we were talking about in the space exactly about that, like the emotional connection you're going to make with like um, your collectors, like the people you're telling the story to. So I love everything you just said. Uh, I have a little question to Gandalf. Um, how would you connect? Like, could you uh, share an example, for example, like uh, uh, how would you do uh, emotional connection with your uh, um, members, for example. Sure. Uh, Sorry if uh, I kind of rambled. <laughs> That's all right. Do you want an example for a one-of-one artist or a PFP collection? Uh, is there a difference? Like, uh, it would be different for... Yeah. Okay. Generally speaking, mm. it, it is a little bit different, yeah, because the, the one-of-one artists, the community there is focused often on the artwork and the artists themselves. Whereas for a PFP, sometimes they're more focused on the team, the utility, uh, the community that is trying to be built and, and the family aspect of it. Yeah. And uh, would you like, um, sorry, I'm just going to finish. Sorry. Um, so uh, emotional connection, how would, for example, uh, PFP collection would create that with, uh, with the new members, for example, like, I feel I got emotionally connected uh, to the founder because what she was working uh, was kind of like what I've been searching for in a way. And uh, I got emotionally connected to her. That's how I like, you know, I, I was, it was so easy to approach her and we got super connected right away. But like, um, how would you advise to go about it? Like, you know, like to be vulnerable with your uh, community members or like what would be, what would be your advice? Thank you. Sure. Uh, so an example of how this might work would be where let's say a project is building out a PFP collection with aliens, for example. Um, the, the way I would go about building that emotional connection is one, be vulnerable uh, as the team or the founding team. Uh, so that's going to be the same as whether it's a one of one artist or, or a PFP, but the, the, the community that are going to be buying into your project are more, like I was saying, are going to be more focused on being part of something great. They're, they're wanting to buy in to be part of this exclusive community that are going to be uh, a sense of give them a sense of belonging they're going to be wanting to be part of something that might be pushing the boundaries from a technological standpoint so driving that uh, so having that understanding and then driving that home really make people feel welcomed when they join your discord server when they tweet about it really push hard on the inclusivity of people and making them feel like they are special uh, and and that they can contribute to your project and that you need them. If you make them feel like you need them, I mean, human ego is an amazing thing. It can 
be terrible, but it can also be used in, in a good way. And that is making people feel like they are needed will give them that that encouragement that they need to actually contribute in, in that way and get involved. And that's a little bit different to a one-of-one -one artist where you might be focusing more about your journey as an artist and the the emotions behind the photography or, or the artwork that of the particular one-of-one -one that you've created. Um, so with a PFP, it's, it's really focusing on that inclusivity and that uh, connectedness and the support and need of, of the community members. Does that make sense? It's not quite an example, but it does. It does. It totally. Like it's in a way uh, saying to your members, we are in this together. We are building this together. This is not just my project. This is everybody's project. Is that what you mean? Yeah, that's right. And so it might mean mm. that you focus on, um, like, let's say you've only got a hundred followers on Twitter as a PFP project and you might feel very discouraged about that but treat those 100 as your first OG 100 give them a special role on discord uh start doing some special like say all right the, the first 100 followers you guys I'm going to let you um choose the particular color of suits on on some of these aliens for example or um yeah, make them make them give them responsibilities that make them feel like they're needed. Um, I guess yeah, I, I feel like yeah. I'm repeating myself it now. Uh, I hope I'm like sense. Yeah, kind of gamify the whole process as well. Yep, you can do that. Mm -hmm. uh, you okay. do, you don't want to do it just for the reason of gamifying. So I'm I'm a yeah. huge promote, mm -hmm. proponent of gamify gamification, but only if each part of the gamification has a value uh just like mm. i i believe tokens are a great thing but i hate to see most projects with tokens because they do it just for the sake of doing it utility on nfts amazing like you won't find somebody who's bigger on utility but i hate to see it in projects because they just do it because they can so again i'll bring it back to what's the value that you're trying to do in this case it is trying to connect with your community in a way that makes them feel needed and figure out how the gamification components will do that. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, Raman, I will have to jump off because it's been three hours and I do want to ask one last question to Gandalf again. Uh, am I pronouncing your name correctly? I, I... Gandalf is correct. Gandalf, yes. okay. Um, where would I find resources? Uh, like, I feel like you have so much more experience and I'm just getting into this space and I've been loving it and I would like to learn more. And so since I see you're here, I'd like to um, know, like, where could I find resources to learn even more? Because I've been, like, searching on YouTube <laughs> and, like, over and over watching the same YouTube videos about NFT community building and stuff like that. And it's like, um, I need more. Sure. Thank you. Uh, I mean, like, like Zoe said, YouTube is a great place to get content. Um, but there's obviously only so much you can do. The couple of things, uh, are you, do you have a discord or are you going to be building a discord in the future? Uh, I do have a Discord. You mean I do? If I have a Discord uh, s server on my own Discord server? Yep. Yep. Okay. 
So uh, no, I don't. Will you be having a Discord server eventually or probably not? Uh, well, I guess like since I'm not looking for, I'm not uh, finding the information that I am looking for. So maybe I can build a community around like, you know, b how to build a community, uh, okay. how to become a better community manager kind of thing. So I could invite people to kind of chat with each other because that could be super interesting, I think. Um, Did you have suggestions? Uh, well, I was going to say, if you do have a Discord or you're going to be building one out, definitely go through to um, Discord Moderator Academy yourself. Uh, that's a, a really important tool that a lot of people don't go through. And that goes okay. through all the ins and outs and settings and features and functionality of a Discord server and okay. what mods should and should not do. So that's if you are going to build out a Discord. Don't build out a Discord just because everyone else is doing it, though, because it does take time and resources. And if it's not going to be adding value to you or your community, it's going to be taking value, uh, sorry, resources away from where you should be focusing on. Um, yeah. So... You'll probably know when you need a Discord, and there are two reasons. One is if your community want to be having a place to engage and interact with each other, and the other is, generally speaking, if you want to have a localized place for you to convey uh, active information to your community. That's different to static information. Static information is something that you can just put on a website, i.e. the mint date, the story behind the project. Active information is things like, uh, the progress each week or each day, or um, updates about. I don't have a. I, I don't have an NFT project. This is just to become uh, a better community manager. Okay. So as far uh, as that goes, then I'm sorry, I misunderstood yeah. the question. So as far as that goes, I would suggest you follow uh, a few people and jump in their spaces. One of those would be Commander Crypto. Commander um, Crypto. Com Commander Crypto. Okay. He is a, a very good marketer. He's been in, in the industry for quite some time. And prior to being in this industry, he was also a marketer in, in traditional as well. Mm -hmm. uh, he runs spaces on a daily basis. He mostly focuses around marketing and one-on-one -on -one artists. But generally speaking, marketing with one-on-one -on -one artists, there is a lot of overlap just at, in general as far as a community manager. Another person I would recommend is uh, Steve Ryan. Okay. He has a project called NFTs for Freedom, and he runs a very inclusive space uh, also on a daily basis. And that is a very good place to, to learn from other projects about what they're doing and how they're managing their communities and building, building them out. But the NFTs for Freedom project is also going to be really good because it's going to be providing resources for people who who basically need them, uh, any types of resources whatsoever. Um, John, which uh, he falls under the Toddler Pillars um, project, but he's actually coming under Chimera Pillars currently. But if you follow Toddler Pillars, you'll generally be able to follow John. He does a lot of spaces as well. Um, who else? Uh, Eth often has some good spaces uh, nft updates also does some good spaces although nft updates are normally mixed as far as they can just be random spaces or good spaces it kind of varies um i also do run spaces as well occasionally so do feel free to follow me if you want to but by all means don't feel the need to uh as far as 
resources go for community management there's there's a lot um that i would say i'm reluctant to just suggest one or two particular locations because in reality the wider you can grow your understanding as far as reading a whole different sources from whole different views and different people that is how you're going to be able to build up your understanding and in fact there are some books which i can't think of the names of right now but deal with people management and relationships and those are really really helpful as well for community management i'm sorry i can't give you names before you go, I pinned, because you asked about an emotional attachment with your community, I pinned the empathy mat on top. And it's a really easy use when it comes to storytelling. Uh, and I actually, but the topic would be way too long. I actually disagree on a point that for PFP is different than one-of-one artists. I actually think there's not that much difference because for both you're going to be building a world. But you can look uh, at this empathy mat and see if it, um, it's going to help you because what you're gonna do is actually take the story and generalize it so that your um audience gets like this emotional attachment or connection with what you're building and yeah you just do that by um filling in like all the words that are important to build this world and like i said it i think it's gonna help you with the visual part of it also because if you know um what type of person it is or what they do how they speak how they move how they talk then it helps you to also build maybe that PFP project or that one-of-one um, that you're um, putting out there and then maybe taking that one-of-one in a different world because you already know how that world looks like. It just, I think for many artists, I just think um, empty mapping storytelling is just going to help you to build this whole community that you want to build on Discord and off Discord. Um, Thank you so much. I have, I'm sorry, Rahman. Uh, no I'm, I think, I mean, I'm kind of tired. It's been three hours and I have learned so much and I've taken so many notes. Like, uh, I, like guys, seriously, when I just joined the uh, spaces, I thought I had something to share, but I've learned so much more and I thank you so much. I'll be joining your spaces and I'll be learning more. I, I like, I totally love this. Um, I wish you all have uh, to have a good day. I have another space uh, this evening, so <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I have to go. I have to pick up my groceries. <laughs> so um, see you soon, guys. Have a good day or Thanks good so evening, wherever you are. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much. Um, uh, yeah. Hello. Could I uh, ask a question? Sure, go ahead. Um, so I'm actually pretty new to the NFT community. Um, I have actually a few questions. Um, first off, how do I make more sales and how do I grow a better community? Like, um, more followers, <clears throat> more engagement. Um, All right. And, uh, thanks for the question. Uh, how to make more sales and how to grow more community, more engagement. Mm -hmm. Is that a question? Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. That's, um, Gandalf, do you want to, do you want to give a quick answer to oh. this or shall I just go uh, ahead? <laughs> if you um, could, please. Uh, Raman, do you want to go ahead? I'm just having a look at, at, at profile right now sure. uh, to sure. be able to give some feedback. Sure. Um, 
Um, yeah, if, I think I, I, sorry, go ahead. Um, so I actually started in December. Um, I've made some progress um, on Insta Instagram. Um, pretty good progress, if I say so myself. Um, but on Twitter, uh, it's hard. I don't know why. Um, not a lot of people notice. I do. And, um, I, I just... I just need um, some suggestions. I see. Uh, huh, huh, huh. Um, I think just Jelly, I mean, like maybe Gandalf will provide some specific specific comments after he reviews the project. But yeah, I think I just generally wanted to say that uh, uh, I think it's a good idea to maybe we can someday create an indicated space where we look at projects and give comments and recommendations, like what to do better. Uh, generally, I would say. Um, my general advice is usually just you know do something interesting, and uh, um, I think in the NFT space right now is like so crowded uh, that you just need to stand out in some meaningful way be beyond just beautiful art or beyond um, uh, you know yet another project. Basically, um, do <laughs> basically just do something else like something more yeah, special. Yeah, you know, try. New ideas. I'm actually thinking about NFTs with custom soundtracks because I can. I also make music, but the music and the NFTs are separate. And I, think... I was also thinking of. Um. Well, I forgot. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can I interrupt here and say something? I uh, actually don't sure. think. I don't think well, the NFT is the. Oh, <laughs> you want to go? I just wanted to say that that I think again we've been it's been three hours, so I'll just there are two people who have uh, raised their hands, so I'm just gonna give them uh, opportunity to speak uh, very quickly. But again, just FYI, everyone, we're gonna be wrapping this up <laughs> again in another maybe like fifteen minutes. So let's just be very respectful for everyone and just make comments or ask questions very quickly, and uh, we're gonna do this again. So uh, yeah. Uh, Zoe, go ahead, and then I'll give the mic to David, and then I'll, and then, and then probably we'll wrap up, unless there's someone else very interesting comes in. I'll, yeah, I'll think... just add a couple of points after Zoe, Ramin, if that's all right. Sure, go for it. Just, just so let's this... do it very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. So this is a very interesting question that could take forever, but we're not going to do that to Ramin. <laughs> but when I just, when I, when, when you were saying about maybe I should do this or that, I'm, I was like, the NFT is not the problem. Like someone could ch like sell someone a pen. Like people are selling things that are maybe like the easiest or the most difficult things I mean to sell. I don't think it's the NFT that, that um, you should be looking at. I think it's what you're building. But again, for me, it just comes down to like um, taking people into your world. And to be honest, most people also hold spaces because when you host spaces, you also get to speak to people, get to meet new people. They get to follow you. They get to learn about you. But most important of all, you get to learn about them because I do believe it's about giving um, jab, jab, hook, I guess. I, because most people I feel like just want to take because they see the successful stories and they're like, I'm going to come in and make a few million and that's it. So be just genuine about being in this space and about what you want to like the emotional attachment you're going to have to people like building something, just be genuine about building something and then go and build it. And it doesn't matter if you're going to sell an image of an ape or an image of a crypto dig, but I don't, I don't know the, all of these things. So it's not the NFT because people can sell you a pen when you already have a pen. It's about, um, yeah, just, just look into other layers. I tried to be really quick. Go ahead then. Hold on, Grandel. 
cool. Thanks, Zoe. So when you come up into spaces, again, understand exactly what is unique about your project. And in, instead of coming up and saying, hey, how can I make more sales and how can I grow my community? Um, just throw a couple of sentences in there about who you are. Hey, I'm Punk World. I do generative artwork, uh, pixel artwork because of this. I make music as well because of this. Try and get something in there that's going to hook us, uh, oh. make us interested in, in your project. And then what we're going to do is we're going to look at your profile, uh, which is, is what just about anybody in, in that's hosting spaces will do. And your bio needs to say something, again, that's going to be interesting about you. Make it much more interesting about either you or the project. Because this is a, a project account, make it talk about what's unique about that project. Make us to get to be interested and want to click more. Um, you, you've got the link tree in there, which is great. But then in your pinned post, again, a lot of the text that you've got there doesn't really say much about why I should get involved in your project. You're talking about phase one and phase two, which is really good in, in a sense, but probably not for your pinned tweet. So the pinned tweet is, is where you're really going to tell the story about uh, how you, it's going to be telling the story that will emotionally connect us to your project. And you definitely want to have a call to action in that pinned tweet. So whether it be a link to your OpenSea account, which is probably going to be the best link, or whether it, it's into your Instagram or, or wherever else, in your case, I would suggest an OpenSea. Get rid of the... Uh, the two images, I think you've got two images there of all the different uh, pictures and create a GIF that cycles through them, make it larger, make it more bold, catch our attention, make us want to click on it to pause a particular image that will drive the engagement up on that pinned tweet, which will then make that pinned tweet uh, more visible to other people in, in Twitter. And then it'll just escalate from there. I hope that gives you a few quick pointers. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Um, that was actually a lot of information. Yeah, um, I just gave you thousand dollars worth of advice. <laughs> yeah, probably more. Um, thank you guys. Um, I'll be sure to come more into spaces. Um, awesome. Thanks so much, Punk. No problem. Uh, see ya. Thank you. And don't Thanks be so don't be afraid. Sorry, Roman. I know we're, we're yeah, rushed. Don't be afraid to come up like this. Um, you come up, you do it again, do it a little bit better. Keep going better and better. All right. All right. Thank you. Fire. This is amazing advice from Gandalf. Uh, thanks so much for the question, Punk. Uh, I think one, one thing that I wanted to comment and piggyback from what Gandalf said, and also to respond to what Rich, Rich Explorer asked about asking questions in spaces, make sure you have interesting Twitter account. Make sure you don't have like a random Twitter profile picture. Make sure you have a very good bio that is interesting. If people are raising questions in this uh, Twitter space and in previous Twitter spaces, and we did not add them is either we are out of time, like right now, <laughs> sorry guys, or the main reason is typically the description is like, you know, there was a risk that this person will just start shilling their project or there is a risk of the person just gonna be using F words everywhere. You wanna make sure you're interesting, you're, you're authentic Twitter profile, you're not, your feed is not just through tweets, it's something interesting, something meaningful. Uh, and again, but most of the time it's bio and your profile pic. You want to make sure that you're relevant and not some random dude uh, who's not even relevant to the topic of the conversation. Uh, these are my two way. I'll let uh, David speak. He's been waiting for his opportunity for a while. David, please introduce yourself uh, really quickly. What are you working on and uh, your question? 
Yeah, yeah, awesome. Thanks, Ramon. Um, my name is David. I'm from Queensland, Australia. Um, just want to say a big thank you to Gandalf and Zoe for the last few minutes and, and the valuable learnings that I've had just from that. Um, that's awesome. Uh, look, I, I'm a fairly new in this space, a community manager for a new DAO that, that we're, we're building out and growing out fairly quickly, fairly small, fairly early, um, but with some pretty massive ambitions. Um, we have an initial project of, of uh, trying to capture data on coral reefs like it's never, ever been done before. And the idea that we can then um, break up uh, patches of the reef into to a sort of one hectare pieces that people can own existing and future data uh, and, and the commercial rights to that and the ability to go and see their reef and connect with their reef and, and that way drive education around the challenges and uh, and hopefully drive some dollars towards some solutions. Awesome. This is a good example of a pitch. Uh, what was the question? I missed the question. No, <laughs> no, no. There no, was a question. No question yet. That's just what I'm doing. I, I guess I came in here to ask some of the questions that I've just heard um, around, um, like for our, our problem, I guess, is that our project's so ambitious um, and so um, a little bit, you know, further on than um, than what traditional NFTs and their use case are, that a lot of people are going, wow, this is incredible, um, but no one's yet kind of going, hey, yes, we want to back this financially or uh, beyond coming in and being part of a general part of the community, you know, like coming in and, and being an active and contributing part of that community. Awesome. Uh, I find it surprising that Punk, the previous person who asked the question, just left, so he should have heard this uh, as a good example of how to how to intro how to walk in into uh, Twitter space. Yeah. Uh, Dave, yeah, I was going to say interesting, interesting idea and an interesting topic. Uh, do I have your permission to give a couple of pointers just on on the Twitter profiles? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I had to scroll down like three or four tweets before I actually found the uh, handle for your refi twitter account um get that up in your bio it's it's really important if you're wanting to do any sort of promotion especially if you're going to be coming into these spaces on your own account um if you don't want to do that maybe come into these spaces on the refi account that might be more valuable if you don't want to kind of have your own account showcasing the refi account also with your pin tweet doing things differently I, I think I see what you're trying to do there, but I would never, ever, ever click on that link. Um, there are too many scam links. There, there are too many dodgy link websites in this space. Um, you'd need to sell me on the actual tweet to make me want to click on it. Um, just, just a couple of suggestions there. Oh, really, really appreciate that, Gandalf, 100%. And, and we'll go and check that out and make some changes. Um, thank you very much. No worries. Thanks. Thanks, David. Thanks, Gandalf. Uh, okay. Um, should it be last question from King of the Midlands? Gandalf, how are you feeling today, man, Gandalf? Uh, are you getting tired? Is it mid-overnight? It's uh, 1.30 in the morning here. I am a little bit tired, but... Uh... I'm okay. <laughs> I, I can keep going. It's fine. Okay. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. Okay. I'm Ayo from Nigeria. 
I want to appreciate Gandalf because I really learned a lot of stuff today from him and he has vast, vast knowledge on community management and I really learned a lot. I just want to drop a tip that I feel because I've had my own experience. I actually do crypto education, so I always have to create a community where I have to teach people about crypto, many novice. So I think one of the things I notice in most projects you notice the community managers don't even believe in the projects they are project they are giving to you. I don't know if you get where I'm going with this. Now, if a community manager doesn't believe in this project, in his NFT project, in his collections, he can't really sell that to you because he's just he's just trying to do it because every other person is doing it. So, I think the first step for community managers is to at least believe in the projects they are doing. Hi. That is yeah, very. What, what's, the, what's the question? Yeah, I mean, hundred percent need to believe in the project. Uh, as a community it, it's not. It's, it's not. It's not a question. It's actually a contribution. It's actually yeah, right. a contribution. Yes. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's it is very true. Making sure that uh, anybody that you bring on board in in your team or or in your community resonates very well, and um, and the power of that can't be underestimated for sure. Yeah, um, one thing... also... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go, go, Roman. I think that's also one of the reasons why people should not be paying to acquire, especially early stage, early audience and early stage community. And that's why it's so important to grow it organically. And it's also the reason why few organizations, few discords give out mod permissions early on or like right away, where they will have multiple tiers is to make sure that, okay, this person is not just there to make a quick buck, but they actually informed about the project they actually uh, you want to want to support it they actually get to stay uh so it's you know everyone gives uh some uh, period of time to uh you know get familiar with the space build trust um and make sure that you know they believe in the project one one thing i was going to say just on a side point is since we've started talking about twitter profiles um if the people that were we just spoke to are still listening check out zoe's bio uh, i think that's a, a pretty decent example of how to not only give a quick description of yourself and a bit of a hook uh, but also to tagging the accounts doing your hashtags doing the particular links in in your bio as well as in the link address uh thanks i heard my name i was like what Thank you. I just made made it up how to do it. Because when you were talking about those things just now, I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Um, but I think it's a, like coincidence that I have it like that. And then the pin tweet, when you pointed that out to people, I was like, yes, also important. So thank you for pointing that out. No worries. All right. Next question is from Al. Uh, let's give it a chance. Oh, well, hello, hello there. Can you hear me? Hi there. Yes. Oh uh, yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, let me introduce you myself. Uh, my name is Al. I'm from Indonesia. So uh, a little bit about me is that uh, I've been in community management space for like let's saying uh, more than three years, but uh, those experience uh, were not in the crypto space. So. Uh, I am, uh, you can say I am new in the crypto space and I've got a chance to 
uh, to what is it to 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 show myself uh, to be a good community uh, manager in in a new project. It is a new NFT project, and I I, I would do I I would like to do my best uh, and. Uh, from my experience, in order to uh, engage uh, with more people, in order to reach uh, rich people to be interested with our, let's say, our products or our projects, uh, we we can just like selling, uh, selling like cold selling in our stories, in our Twitter, like that. But we need to do some story selling because i believe uh, by giving story before selling will be a good uh, a good option in order to market something uh, but uh, what i was doing uh, was uh, you can say far from crypto space and i'm wondering to know uh, uh, this is my question uh, when we uh, try to invite people to uh, to ask people to uh, to enter our community, is it like just the same like selling another product, or we have to do a different approach like that? Uh, could you guys maybe enlighten me a bit? Because yeah, you can say this is new for me. Can I just feedback what I think your question is, uh, just to make sure I understand it correctly? So you're saying getting people involved and, and destroying your community is that the same as selling a product in the traditional space, or is it different? Is that your question? Yeah, that's uh, that's my question. Okay. Um, it is different. Uh, selling uh, a product in the traditional space, I mean, selling a physical product in the traditional space is relatively easy and straightforward to do because mm -hmm. they don't need to trust you or, or anything. Getting people to join your community is often a all about their trust and reputation mm, of, the, of the team and the person that they're joining. And so being able to build that out and focusing on that is probably the, the key most important thing. And even if there there is a lot of hype around the project and, and all of that, there still is that element of who is the team, what's their credentials, what's so good about them, why should I get involved in the community, am I going to get rugged? Uh, and and for anyone that's listening, rugged means is the is the team going to pull out from under me after I give them my money? Are they going to just take the money and run? Um, all that sort of thing. It comes back to trust and transparency and reputation and um, visibility. So that's where I'd focus on. Uh, I got you. Thank you so much. So trust, transparency, and reputation. Thank you so much for your answer, Gandalf. No worries. And just out of curiosity, is that the um, the the Red Cat Multiverse, the project you're going to be working with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, I was, I was just curious. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. You can say that it's still uh, we are still doing some uh private loan so we, we are not like published yet so uh yeah. let's say that i'm trying to do some research here so uh we mm -hmm. could be a good community and we we want to be a community with uh let's say 100 percent organic well, that's why 
uh, I agree with you that we need trust and transparency in order to uh, achieve that level of organic organic city. <laughs> How to say that? I don't know. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, the I mean, it, it's going to be tough and it's going to be a grind for you guys. Uh, but if you do take some of the advice that's been given out here, hopefully that that'll definitely help and and try and make that road a little bit easier for you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for the question, Al. Uh, quick piece of advice. Uh, you might want to add uh, your project to your LinkedIn bio. Sorry, not LinkedIn bio, Twitter bio. I'm also <laughs> phasing out right now. It's quite late. Uh, you might want to add it to your Twitter bio uh, so that it will kind of mm-hmm. add more legitimacy because like even, again, to the question that had been raised multiple times about asking questions and getting noticed in Twitter spaces, I was I was having doubts like whether should I add it to speakers or not because the Twitter description looks kind of weird. There's email. No one really puts email on their <laughs> Twitter unless it's like a support account. Uh, but um, yeah, so like, I think look at the profile descriptions of Zoe, Gandalf, uh, I don't know, maybe myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get what, you, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> Thank you so much. I will, I will definitely. People, people really want to quickly understand what you're about, like what projects you're involved in. Uh, make sure you have an interesting uh, tweet pinned uh, something that also like maybe prompts action, uh, maybe subscribe or some other like interesting thought that you know that that tweet will convert or that tweet will lead to certain action that you want people to take. Uh, another thing that I wanted to, sorry, a uh, different topic. Uh, one thing that I wanted to say throughout this conversation is that everyone right now should uh, pick up their phones, open, you know, look at the screen and follow Gandalf. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. all the really valuable do. advice that he's been doing. Um, so yeah, just go ahead and follow him. And I think that's the um, least we can do to uh, support and make sure when he's going to be launching his uh, course for uh, moderation, uh, just hit the buy button. <laughs> there will be a price tag. <laughs> the the documentation is mostly going to be free, actually. Yeah, hit that subscribe so. button first. <laughs> wow. Um, awesome. Um, okay. Uh, I think both uh, Gandalf and I were phasing out and I think we we're falling asleep. Uh, and it's been, has it been more than three hours now? Four hours? Um, anyway, uh, thanks once again. <laughs> I think we, we should, should just like, you know, uh, close down. Sorry guys, uh, those who ask uh, speaker access, uh, we, we're not accepting any more uh, people right now. Uh, we'll, we're doing this pretty much the same time every, every week. Uh, usually we do interview companies that are hiring in crypto space, but uh, I think today's session was an experiment and looks like it was a very successful one. Thanks for everyone who, who spoke today. Um, Raman? Yeah. Uh, I was thinking, so I'm going to be going to bed, but what I was wondering is what I can do is I can go ahead and join Steve Ryan's space because he's got one running right now yep. for five minutes so that anybody who's following me can can find that space if they still wanted to ask questions that's a great idea. If that's all right yeah. with you. Yeah, definitely. That's a great idea. Uh, yeah, just something, finishing thoughts. You just make sure to follow us uh, for the every week. We'll be doing this. Uh, follow Gandalf. And uh, let's proceed. Which, which space you're suggesting? You can just pin it up in the in here so people can just easily jump off and not be bored and ask Yeah, questions. that's a good idea. Let me just pin yeah. it up quickly. Um, if I can get it. Just give me a second. Sorry. You should be able to do that. I was trying to jump in and for some reason this space had like disappeared from the bottom of my Twitter uh, oh, screen. No. <laughs>
so I was looking everywhere and I finally found it again because I was unable to speak. <laughs> Typical. But I've been quiet for the last like hour because you've been doing a really good job. Caroline is also very good quality. She, she does um, do quite a few spaces as well. That, uh, yeah, it, it's pretty fun <laughs> quality. Um, I think I've twin, uh, pinned it up. Uh, waiting for it, waiting for it. Did you pin it up in your own profile or or in, in the Twitter? No, it's in the there now. It's not a first. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, thanks, everyone. Feel free to jump over to that space. Uh, thanks everyone for generosity of the thoughts and ideas that you shared today. Uh, hope we'll do this again. Uh, thanks, Smash Gandalf, once again. Thanks, Zoe. Thanks, Caroline. Nice thanks. to meet you. Yeah, nice yeah. to meet you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It was, um, awesome. I, I literally was jumping in just for a few minutes, actually, just to see what it's all about. <laughs> Slippery slopes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, another thing, it's, it's recorded, so uh, it will be available here on Twitter, and maybe we'll post it in our in our mini podcast feed where we post all other Twitter spaces. So if you guys want to rewind to some point that, and I think there's a lot of alpha, I'm definitely going to be releasing myself. Um, and uh, yeah, so there was an opportunity to do that for those who are interested. Uh, all right. Why are numbers are not decreasing? <laughs> you guys should be joining the other space because this one will close. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, you have last seconds before we close. Thanks, Raman. To join different. Thanks so much, Gandalf. Yeah, thanks for hosting. Thanks, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye bye. Bye bye. Have a good night.